terms with their loss. More from Matt Lockwood. The families can have as much of the service recorded as they like. They're consulted beforehand and the filming is done in a subtle and sensitive manner. It's then edited to create a tribute to the person that has died. Austins say the services have become an invaluable part of the healing process. A care home worker has been sacked and several others suspended after an undercover investigation by the BBC Panorama programme found mistreatment of elderly residents at one of the largest care homes in the country. Secret filming was carried out at the old deanery near Braintree in Essex. Its owner, Anglia Retirement Homes, has made an unreserved apology. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, has said he will announce by lunchtime whether he will stand in the Newark by-election caused by the resignation of the former Conservative MP Patrick Mercer. Mr Mercer stepped down last night after it emerged he was to be suspended over a cash-for-questions scandal. Three of the biggest actors from the original Star Wars trilogy are to return for the latest instalment, Episode 7, to be filmed in Buckinghamshire. The film, which will be shot at Pinewood Studios from next month, will feature Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, who play Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and Princess Leia. Mark Newbold from the Star Wars fans' website says it's a particular coup to have persuaded Harrison Ford to take part. He'd kind of moved on after he was sent in the Jedi into other things and, and I think shifted his focus, but in later years, or more recently, he's kind of softened to it again. Uh, and to get him back, yeah, I think that's the coup of the century, really. And it really solidifies the fact that we're going back into the classic era of Star Wars. In sport, Watford lost their final away match of the championship season last night. The Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton and had Albert Riera sent off. And Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Ben Reeves has won the club's Player of the Season award. The weather, a dull and misty start, but skies will brighten this afternoon to give some warm sunshine. Also the risk of the odd sharp shower, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. And you've got your friends here as well, you see, that's right. It's growing all the time and lots of new developments happening and stuff. It's all about where you live. The view from my home, which looks out over Thornturn, across the fields. And all this week, we're featuring Houghton Regis. Pastor and enjoy the experience. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry, I've solved the problem of Good Morning, This Is Britain and and, and BBC Three Counties Radio. I've now got a television installed in the studio. I can tell you uh, what Susie Reid and uh, Ben Sheepdog are up to, so you don't need to watch it. At the moment, there's a report about violence in schools. Ah, we're doing better than violence in schools. Today, we're doing kids and drugs. Yeah, drug kids. We're also doing funerals and cameras. Would you allow your mum's or your nana's funeral to be filmed? What, then you take it on a DVD or a memory stick? Friends come round. Oh, you, you weren't there for Grandad's funeral. Do you want to watch it now? That's weird. Yeah, upload it to YouTube. See how many hits it... Imagine if you uploaded it to YouTube and you got someone put the th- thumbs down. Wouldn't that be bad? And slow and steady in Bedford. When I say slow, I mean slow, 20 miles per. And when I say Bedford, I mean Queen's Parks. That's what I mean. I tell you what, let's put the uh, Would You Have Your um, Mum's Funeral filmed on Facebook. We'll have a bit of that today. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Why is Catherine just standing outside my studio giggling like a lunatic? Which means you're being polite. That's unusual. Whenever you're uh, expressing manners, I always get concerned. 
Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or you can give me a call 08459 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counts. I love it. I love it. I love it when you lower your chair. <laughs> I always do. You lower your chair and it's just such a delightful thing to see. Do you know what? I would watch on Saturday nights, I would watch a, a, an hour-long programme of people just going into various scenarios, sitting on chairs and lowering them. <laughs> it would be awesome. Why do you lower it? Because you're smaller than me. But I have my chair on the maximum height. Um, I like to have both feet firmly on the floor rather than waggling in the air like yeah. a gnome. Maybe literally you do, but in many ways you don't. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about something very serious in a second, but I yeah. thought we'd... Uh, the first song on the, uh, of the Cab Off The Rank was Homeward Bound by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh. Great song. Melancholy. Very melancholy. When we're trying desperately to claw back audience from Good Morning This Is Britain, we don't want melancholy. We want upbeat. We want current. We want something the kids can identify with. So I've gone with the Partridge family and I think I love you. Groovy. I'm sleeping and right in the middle of a good dream. Like all at once I wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain. Before I go insane I hold my pillow to my head. Spring up in my bed Screaming out the words I dread I think I love you This morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with And so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself And never talk about it And did not go and shout it When you walked into the room I don't know what it's all about I got so much to think about That's how we do it. That's how we do it. 
555. Now, more than 300 local children have been referred to specialist drug and alcohol services in the past three years. Some of them are as young as 12. Charities are calling for better education in schools. And meanwhile, treatment centres believe kids are coming into contact with drugs and alcohol through their parents. Catherine Boyle has uh, been looking into this. Uh, it sounds shocking. Catherine, where does this come from? It's the result of a Freedom of Information Act um, request by the Press Association. And if you thought the fact that the youngest person being referred in our area, in Milton Keynes, in fact, 12, was shocking, then you'd be staggered to hear that a child, that child is a veteran compared to the youngest in the UK. In Ayrshire, they've been dealing with a four-year-old. Gosh, what do we know about this. Well, let's just set this out straight here now, because the fact they've been referred doesn't necessarily mean they have a drug or alcohol problem themselves. As the treatment centres themselves are saying, the children come into contact with drugs or alcohol, often through their parents or a family member. So that referral could mean that they need help dealing with someone else's problem. They're being affected by someone else's substance abuse problem or drinking problem. Or the authorities are intervening before that person's problem becomes the child. But not to back off from this, this is not the case for all of these referrals. Some of these young people will be drinking and taking drugs themselves. So we've got figures for Milton Keynes in Bedfordshire. Yeah, let's start with Milton Keynes. The youngest referral there is just 12 years old and the people our reporter Craig Lewis spoke to in Milton Keynes yesterday weren't altogether surprised. I think there definitely is a youth drug culture. Whether or not everyone's aware of it or want to be aware of it is another another story. I live in Stacey Bushes at the moment and uh, in, in my area... I definitely see it and smell it. Yeah, of course, yeah, plenty of them around here. If you see the place where I'm standing, yeah, you can see it in the evenings. Yeah, lots of them around here. Most of them are young age, like between like 15 to 20. Lots of them anyway, yeah, even the girls as well. If you see them, it seems like they're having a cigarette, facts, but the problem is inside, you don't know what they have inside, what they have put them inside. Anyway, most of them, they're having like cocaine and stuff like that. Even like, most of them, you don't see them, but you know, it seems like they're having a cigarette, but you know, they put some drug inside yes, anyway. It's... It's one of those magic cigarettes. What about Bedfordshire? Well, the youngest referral for Bedfordshire is 13. Again, the people our, spoke, uh, our reporter spoke to in Luton yesterday weren't surprised. The first speaker you'll hear up next with Justin Dealey is a 15-year-old schoolboy. Yeah, no, about about 12, I think, yeah. My friends, um, uh, they've actually got like, videos and things of it, and uh, I've seen that, and then, like, they're just chilling, and uh, they're just smoking weed, like, in front of me and things like that. At 12 years old? Yeah. At 12 years old, they just... I just don't know what to say. I mean, you're talking about cannabis there. What about harder drugs? Do you know other people that have been addicted to, to harder drugs at a young age as well? Yeah, I know a few people, but they really... I don't know where they get it from, but they just, like, bring it into school as well and they just do it, like, outside of school. What sort of drugs are we talking about? Weed and cocaine. 14. About 14, 15. And what are they taking? Cocaine, speed, everything, really, weed... Anything they can take, they get every day, every night, as much as they can, really. There's no one out there to help them, really. There's nothing for them to do, so... And just lastly, you say you know people. Have you had drug problems yourself? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah. What were you taking? I was taking cocaine. How old were you? I was 15. But I've grown up now. I've got my kids, so... How often were you taking it? Uh, nearly every day. How did you afford that? Do you know what? I don't actually know just getting whatever I can to put towards it, really. So how much was that costing you every week? Um, I'd say about three, four hundred pounds a week. Three to four hundred pounds a week yeah. at 15? Yeah. yeah, it was a nightmare, yeah. And how did you stop? I had my kid. It's when I got pregnant and started having my children that I stopped. I realised that I've got youngers to look after. 
no, I can't be doing that sort of thing. You're one of the lucky ones. You managed to stop just yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's only because I had a newborn that I had to stop because it made me realise in life that there's other things you can do and look after. If you didn't have your child, who we can see over there playing right now, if your child wasn't here, where do you think you might be right now? On the streets, coked out my face, drinking. Don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be here today. Gosh, incredible stories. If you want to have your say on that, oh eight, uh, what is that our number? Yes, yeah. oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can I just pick you up on one thing, Catherine? Yes. I don't like to do this on air, but I'm going to. Here we go. Um, I was we, we were watching uh, the Good Morning This Is Britain, and um, we'll talk more about that later on. Uh, ben Sheet Dog is on there, and I made the point he was wearing a waistcoat. Yes. And you pulled that face. I just did a face. I'm sorry, I didn't, but I didn't criticise verbally. I ju- my face did it. You pulled that face. I just thought, oh right, you're one of those, are you? Well, it's that's, ladies and gentlemen of a certain generation, it's pronounced, and I think you'll agree with me, Westcote. A Westcote. It's pronounced a Westcote. That's so how you pronounce it. What, if we were to have a slow, smoochy dance, what would I put my arms around? <clears throat> your West. You put no. your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> Catherine Boyle! Fruity as always. Oh, wait, four, you go on. Go, now. Go on. Take your headphones off. your West line. <laughs> Don't go on. Can someone back me up on this, please? I need, I need to... It's pronounced... Now you're doing the face, Bets. What's a, What on earth are you doing the face for? Are you trying to say Westlife, the band? No! I've, oh. Right. What oh, are I, you trying to say? It's pronounced Westcoat. What is? A Westcoat. The little kind of jacket you wear under a suit. And where does it go? Right. 08459 four double five five double. It goes around your waist. Oh. But it's oh, pronounced. You mean a waistcoat. No, it's pronounced Westcoat. Where? Where is it pronounced that? What country? Scotland. All right. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You watch the phone lines come alive as people phone up to defend me. How many calls have you had so far? None. Okay, but well, that's disappointing. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. In Berkhamsted, the common is closed between Gravel Path and Church Road for emergency repairs to a burst water main. On public transport, we've got ongoing strike action. The central line is running between West Ryslip, Ealing Broadway and White City. The northern line, that's running between Edgware and Golders Green, also between High Barnet, Mill Hill East and Finchley Central. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Excellent report. And she's also inadvertently proven my point about Westcote. But Berkhamsted? Berkhamsted? Yes. Hampstead? Yeah, exactly. Berkhamsted. No, Berkhamsted. It's not got no P in it. Okay, Berkhamsted. Berkhamsted, though. We say Berkhamsted. Yes. I thought you were thinking this morning it's pronounced Moet. And Chandon. Well, no, I think if you're being really pretentious, it is because you're it's referring pre- no. to the French pronunciation, it, and no. it's only Moet because it's got an e after it. No, so you can't go Moet. No, mate, sorry, sorry, sorry. Moet et Chandon. No, sorry. The French call it Moet as well. I, and you speak languages, Catherine, and you yeah. didn't know that. See. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The correct pronunciation of Westco. We're going no further until we've got that backed up. I say no further, we'll do the news first, obviously. That'll be uh, contractually obliged to. It's 6.16. It's Wednesday, the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Children, here comes a phone call, guys. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment sentences, uh, services sorry, over the last three years. An independent undertaker's in Hertfordshire has become the first in the country to film funerals. And in sport, Watford lost their final away match of the championship season last night. The Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton. I don't know what the Watford score was, though. BBC Three Counties Radio. The BBC Local Apprentice Scheme. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I'm the presenter from 9 until 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I always wanted to work in radio. Radio is something that I have always loved. Now, if you or someone you know would love to work in radio, then the BBC Local Apprenticeship Scheme could be the perfect way. You'll get a 15-month paid contract and be based here at BBC Three Counties Radio. I first got into working in radio when I was 13. From that moment, I got in through the door. I learned how to answer the phones. I learned how to deal with the callers. And then I learned how to do the technical equipment. And lastly, I learned how to interview people and talk to people. For full details on how you can apply, go to bbc.co.uk slash LAS. Dave's in Luton. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Good morning, Dave. What can we do for you? Waistcoat. What school did you go to? Uh, I went to Claycott's Primary School and Middle School in Slough, and then I went to the Sir William Herschel Grammar School, also in Slough. Uh, 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 What's your beef, it, Dave? <laughs> Waistcoat. Westcoat. Waistcoat. Westcoat. It's spelt W A I S T, which yeah. pronounces waist. Yeah. Uh, lamb is spelt L A M B. Lamb. But we say lamb. Some no, words. Hang on. Some words. Hang on. No, 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 you hang on. Some no, words, no, David. You the, the, no, you hang on. The beauty, <laughs> the beauty of the English language is some words is not pronounced like what they are written. Westcoat is pronounced Westcoat. No, if you go and see a coat hanging up, a waistcoat hanging up, it's spelled W-A-I-S-T. I don't give a damn what yeah. you know about waist. Well, do you know that posh boats are spelt Y-A-C-H-T, but we don't call them yachts. Or maybe there's a U in there as well. No, no, no. It's, you can see the word W-A-I-S-T. Yes. It's spelled waist. Yes. Even your waist without the coat. Well, I don't understand. It's spelt the same. Yeah, but it's, it's spelt. You're, Dave, you're right. I'm not arguing with the spelling of Westcoat. It's spelt waistcoat. It's pronounced Westcoat. No, so you're putting an E in it. Right, stay there a second. Patricia? Yes? How do you, pro- how do you pronounce Westcoat? Definitely, definitely Westcoat. Yes! My mum my was a tailoress in central London... She's born in 1920, unfortunately no longer with us, but it is definitely, definitely West Coast. Tag is, there's no controversy, Dave. Her mum was a tailoress. No, no, hang on. So you're changing the A into an E? No, I, I agree. As a little girl, I always used to be called up on it, but that apparently in the trade is how you pronounce it. So a typical thing of the English well, language. Is it, is it stone or is it stone? You know? Ah. So we've got to change all these dictionaries and everything else because it's saying waistcoat in the dictionary. No, not at all. Not at all. It does. It's just 
No, not at all. It is it definitely does. a waistcoat. But well, you look at the dictionary you know. and it says waistcoat. <laughs> Dave, and I'm going to... Dave, Dave, I'm sorry, mate. You're embarrassing yourself. I'm going to... L- no, no, I'm done. You're, no, I'm you're embarrassing yourself, Dave. Dave, I'm going to... I'm going to let you go. Patricia, <laughs> you're... you're so you, I've never heard the word tailoress before. Well, she was also an upholsterist, but bear in mind this is going back to the East End. Yeah. There will be factories and things like that, and she went straight from school before the war into the uh, into the tailoring industry. Well, good, and, good uh, for her. It is definitely West Coast. Patricia, thank well you, done. thank you That's so right. much indeed for calling and supporting me, Catherine. Look See, at me. Pre-war, so she probably spoke terribly, terribly like that. So it would be a Westcott. Are you are you mocking Patricia and her tailoress mother? No, I wouldn't dare. No, I wouldn't. Eastender. I wouldn't dare either, Patricia. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five.
08459 455 555. Well, now we've uh, sorted out the uh, waistcoat westcoat uh, debate, we can get on to slightly more serious things. No one uh, looks particularly forward to a funeral, but you might uh, like to look back at one. A chain of Hertfordshire undertakers is offering, well, to film your funeral. I mean, it sounds a bit odd, but um, the, the filming is all done in good taste, and the resulting videos, apparently, according to the company, uh, can be a great comfort to bereaved families. I'm joined by Mark Vasey, who films the funerals. Morning, Mark. Good morning. Where did this idea come from? Um, through Claire Austin, who's the managing director of Austin's Family Funeral Directors. Uh, I've, I've known her for years, and I've um, been doing professional sort of video work for about a decade or so. And she mentioned to me 18 months ago, have you ever thought of filming funerals? And um, to which I sort of thought, no, and what a ridiculous idea. Mm. And how, you know, why would anyone want to do that? Um, and then she said, well, it's quite popular in America, and it's popular in... Um, Australia. So I went away, did a bit of Googling and thought, um, obviously the Americans do it in their own style and it was rather, a lot of it's quite bad, a bit cheesy. You, you surprised me. Americans making cheesy videos? Yes, lots of sort of artificial wings and people, you know, CGI flying through the Grand Canyon and this kind of thing. And what, I thought, the, the dead people? Yeah, yeah, some of, the, you know, some of it is really horrible. But, wow. But, 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 so, but then I sort of, <clears throat> I related it to my own parents, both, unfortunately both my parents are dead, and, and I thought, you know, would I want to watch uh, a funeral of my own um, father's or mother's funeral? And, and I actually came to the conclusion, my initial reaction, gut reaction, was no way. Mm. Um, but that's because it's such a painful experience. Why do you want to remember one of the most painful experiences you're ever going to have? And then when I thought, actually, it's not about remembering the most painful experience, it's about remembering the the positive things or remembering the person mm. my children never met my dad I desperately would love them to have met him mm. but knowing from a from a funeral you, the eulogies are so fantastic the care the attention that's taken to um, uh, you know all, all the details of the funerals and you really get a sense of that person. So you know, remembering rather than forgetting is what it's about. Oh, a funeral, if done well, is, is a beautiful mm. tribute to the life of someone who's passed away. You're mm. right, and there's a lot of great things are said at funerals. Uh, has there been much uptake on has this? Start, this has started, hasn't it? Yeah, we've, t- we've spent 18 months setting up the, the tribute business at yeah. uh, Austin's, and, it, and there's... You know, the tribute services covers the filming of funerals, uh, video slideshows as well as picture slideshows during the actual services themselves. Right. And we also do memorial tributes, which is for people that maybe didn't have that facility um, during the a service, but we retrospectively go through, I meet the families, I get pictures or videos, and I put them together in a montage showing the story of that person's oh, life, which yeah. is a very nice thing as well. See, that would be a great thing to have. It's funny, I, it's not funny, I, I, was, I had the misfortune to go to two funerals last year, uh, and I did jokingly say, hey, listen, you get wedding videos, why does no one do funeral videos? Exactly. I just, yeah. uh, it would be... I partic- wouldn't particularly want to see my dad's funeral again. It, uh, and again, it's down to personal choice, isn't it? I, I, and I guess it just does seem like an odd concept, doesn't it, to us Sorry. quite reserved British. When, when it's mentioned to people, or when people... Get, I see you've got a brochure there. I'm assuming it's in the brochure. Yeah. What, what's the reaction of people who are, who are planning a funeral? Um, the, 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 very, very much like anyone else's, our gut instinct is to naturally be defensive and react and think maybe it's going to be bad taste. And look, it's like anything... Um, there are things that are done in bad taste yeah. and I'm sure that there are lots of people who could do a filming of a funeral and it, it, it would be horrible. But we spend 60-70% of the actual time 
in post-production. So, so although it's not a cold, hard record of the day, you know, I use two cameras, I use separate audio, I audio, the audio for, for, for the lectern is separate to the audio in the chapel. So the it's, a, it's a proper professional, it's not like those old wedding videos from the 80s. No, that, absolutely not. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I deliberately, at the end of, of uh, the recording, I'll make sure that the eulogies are crystal clear. I will make sure that uh, if they're singing or if there's uh, hymns or choir, we can capture the audio from that, which is obviously going to sound different. Mm. And then we mix it. And we mix it so that you know, we can cut from one thing to the other. And and same with using two cameras. We don't walk around like a wedding video where you see the videographer and they're in your face. Um, we're very subtle. Could you just cry that tear again for us? I missed it the first time round. There's none of that going on. <laughs> there's, there's none of that. But, but you know, I, I sometimes I've spent hours, you know, on the editing process, yeah. just making sure if someone's struggling, and I struggled doing the eulogy at my own father's funeral, oh, yeah, but hard. I couldn't remember what I said. Yeah. And this is where it's, you know, everyone said, yeah. well, it's a beautiful eulogy, um, but I, I can't remember what I said. It would be nice now to look back and reflect on it. Mm. Um, also, people go to a huge amount of trouble with things like the flowers. Uh, l- luckily, a lot of people now give donations to their favourite charities, and it's normally family flowers. But I've often seen, you know, sometimes, you know, thousands of pounds worth of flowers. Mm. And, but the messages on the flowers are key, so I will often photograph really high-res pictures, 16, 17 megabyte pictures, just of the flowers... It's not something you're going to put on your wall, but believe me, if you take a, a, a crop of that picture and it's a beautiful bud or it's a, a rose head, it'll make a lovely picture. You would know what it rep- represents. You're right. You don't, you don't see many people taking photos of those fantastic displays, do you, no, outside? No. And, and the, the messages, you know, they sit in the rain and, and the messages yeah. are washed away. We reflect on those because, again, if you are... Giving a, writing a card or you're putting a message on uh, flowers, people go to a lot of care to say very, very specific things. It's funny, Mark, because when we heard this yesterday, this story, we've got to end in a second, when we heard this sure. yesterday, uh, kind of all of us went, oh, that's weird. Oh, that's freaky. Yep. Uh, I, I, and while I, I still don't think I particularly wanted my dad's funeral uh, that filmed, uh, I, I, you've explained it in such a way that I, I can understand why some people would want that lasting document. Well, well, I think the final thing I'll say, I I guess the the most surprising thing to me has been that... Because I I thought you'd you'd get the finished product, you'd stick it in in, in your kitchen drawer or in your cabinet and you'd watch it maybe two, three years later. In every single case, people have watched it within a week or two weeks of receiving it. And in every case, they've found it to be hugely cathartic. It's part of the process. Austin's is The Undertaker's. Is there a website or something? People have a little look. Yes, thank you very much. It's it's Austin's Family Funeral Directors, but just austins.co.uk. Brilliant. And there's plenty of examples of our work on there. uh, Mark, I appreciate you coming in. It's going to provide us with a, a, a lot of thought. What do you think, dear listener? Would you, would you go for that? 08459 four double five five double five. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound starting to build up already around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And in Berkhamsted, the common is closed between Gravel Path and Church Road for emergency repairs to a burst water main. On public transport, we've got ongoing strike action. First Capital Connect have service suspended between Finsbury Park and Moorgate at the moment. Trains will instead divert via King's Cross. The Northern Line running between Edgware and Golders Green and also between High Barnet, Mill Hill East and Finchley Central. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to the specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the last three years. An independent undertaker in Hertfordshire has become the first in the country to film funerals. Austin say the service is in good taste and helps families come to terms with their loss. And three of the biggest actors from the original Star Wars trilogy are to return for the latest instalment, Episode 7, to be filmed in Buckinghamshire, the film which will be shot at Pine Wood Studios from next month will feature Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford lost their final away match of the championship season last night. The Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton and had Albert Riera sent off. Troy Deeney scored for Watford, but they've won just four times on their travels in the league this season. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain says it's not good enough. We certainly weren't, um, weren't great. And having got ourselves back into the game with a, a fantastic strike from Troy, um, and, and probably had a best spell after that. But uh, ultimately, you're going to be looked at with the goals that we conceded. And um, once again, we've conceded three away from home, which is not good enough. Real Madrid are through to the Champions League final. Cristiano Ronaldo scored twice in a stunning 4-0 win at Holders Bayern Munich as the Spanish side went through 5-0 on aggregate. Tonight, Jose Mourinho's Chelsea host Atletico Madrid following last week's goalless first leg in Spain. I don't think it's, it's a crucial point. It's a game. It's a knockout game. It's a game of, uh, of details. It's a game where maybe, we don't know, but maybe one goal is the difference. So it's a game where everybody needs to be at the top level but uh, the players are more important than me Chesham are through to the Southern League Premier Playoff final after beating Starbridge 2-1 last night Drew Roberts and Chris Dillon scored for the Buckinghamshire side in tonight's second semi-final St Albans are away to Cambridge City Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Ben Reeves won the club's Player of the Season award last night he also won Players Player of the Year and Goal of the Season for his effort away to Stevenage and Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford's 8.51 metres national record set in San Diego last week has been declared legal despite complaints from British rival Chris Tomlinson. USA track and field, which officiated at the event, says Olympic champion Rutherford's jump was verified. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Oh, yeah, yeah. Catherine Boyle has joined me in the studio. Good Hello. Morning, he was nice, that guy. He was guy. really nice. He I... made a weird idea sound... Not weird. Yeah, I know. I was it, I was expecting to be. Uh, I say we all thought it was weird yesterday. We go what? Ugh. But uh, but uh, <laughs> I was expecting to be angered when he came in and uh, disgusted. And actually, he's a nice bloke. It's a nice idea. Not for everybody. Don't. And I'm sa- I, I was saying to you, fair. Uh, now, a year after my dad's funeral, I wouldn't have wanted it filmed. But maybe in five years, maybe in ten years, probably in twenty years, I'd, I'd want a reminder of it. Maybe no, you no, must have the option. No photographs. No one takes photographs at funerals. Very, very rarely. Although my husband's family years ago, um, at the wake, they all got together and they took a photo, and they're all wearing black suits and everything. But where else do you actually get together with everybody unless yeah. it's a wedding? Well, uh, it's a yeah. nice photo. I had two funerals last year. It was the first time in like twenty-five years all of that side of the family had got together, uh, and you don't. I don't think there are any photos taken at either of the wakes. You don't. Come on, guys. 
Come on, guys. Let's all get in together. Look, let's get, let's get, um, let's get Dad in the background. Come on. Oh no, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. that. It, was in, it was in the auntie's garden, and yeah. it was a beautiful day, and everyone was together, and you know, it was it was a sad time, but it was good that we were all together. What do you think, dear listener? Over to you. Would would you have your funeral, your 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 daughters, your sons, your mums, your granddads? Would you would you go for that and have that filmed, or do you think, as we thought yesterday, oh, flipping it, that's odd. What kind of weird pervert would do that? 08459 four double five five double five. I think as long as it doesn't end up on Facebook. Can't bear that. Oh, it will do. It will end up on Facebook. Someone will do it, won't they? It'll end up on YouTube. For everyone who couldn't make it. Here it is. Here's is, the send-off. Is, is Nana. I've put my own montage over the top. Right, shall we, we'll have a look at the papers in a bit. I mean, it's, it's all dominated by the very, very sad news that um, Prince William has split up with that girl. Yeah, he's 25. People do split up, don't they? They were going to get married last no, week. They, they, they were all about the engagement and it was all on and now they're going to split up. Well, because the papers have played up the engagement rumour, uh, they have to make out that it's worse than it is. I just think 25-year-olds, if it's not working out, get rid. Yeah. I wish I had um, followed that philosophy when I was 25 years so old. So do I. Not 25. Uh, Younger. Uh, not 25, 40. No, 23. <laughs> yeah. We, now, what's, you've chosen a, a, a song you're going to bring us down. Yeah, no, it's not. No. I think it's a beautiful song. This song is the one I was talking to you about, about yesterday, Paul Simon, from that album where you said he sounded like an old fella. Yeah. He does a bit, but in a good way. Try to help the human race 
Struggling to survive its harshest night I'm gonna watch you shine Gonna watch you grow Gonna paint the sign So you'll always know So long Beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. He's still doing that kind of. Without Ladysmith Black Mambazo, who yeah. of course got too big. Yeah. They didn't want to be doing that For with him boots. anymore. They didn't want to be his backup, did they? Do you, remember, do you remember the Rhythm of the Saints tour? I didn't like any of that Graceland's Rhythm of the Saints I stuff. Went, I went to see it live. Oh, yeah. It was brilliant. No, it wasn't. It was brilliant. But, you know, I was about 10. But I, one thing that I remember from that is he didn't come on for ages, right? Yeah. And he had this sort of jazz saxophonist oh, who was the warm-up who just kept it. going on. He'd go off and then he'd come back on again and we'd go, no! Yeah. Uh, it was like Kenny G, but not Kenny G. Was he the sexy sax man? Well, uh, Have I shown you the sexy sax man video? Yes, you have. If you've I got, wish he had been him. If you've got um, five minutes spare today, go on YouTube and type in sexy sax man. It's, uh, it is safe for work, I think. It's very, yeah, it very funny. It's yeah. just that. The sexy sax man. I like the bit where he bur- bursts into like a lecture and starts playing. Well, it's Careless Whisper, isn't yeah. it? He's playing. <laughs> he just goes. He just tours around playing Careless Whisper, and he's, he's got like a big mullet and a, um, a leather waistcoat. And, uh, and he does grind a little. <laughs> but apart from that, it's perfectly safe from work. Honestly, the sexy sax man. It's one of the. I'm going to watch that again. It's one of the funniest things in the world. What's in the papers apart from the sad news about Prince William and that girl? Well, um, you know, local firm Whitbreads. They own Costa. They offer three open three coffee shops a week. Everyone is obsessed with coffee. Um, you've gone off coffee. I'm trying to get off yeah, coffee you've... because it's taking over my life. Yeah, yeah, it does. Not that I buy posh coffee, but I'll eat, drink instant until it comes out of my ears. And actually, after a while, you don't taste it anymore. What's the point? Do you remember when uh, we went through that thing of getting that really <gasps> hardcore? We're talking about young people doing drugs. Well, I mean, it was because, right, that instant coffee we were drinking mm. was rubbish and we couldn't even taste it, could no, we? No. So I said, listen, let's treat ourselves. So I bought some of this, like, super strength coffee. And it tasted great, but... Sent us all do lally. Hang on a second, I've got to stop you. On oh, good morning, this is Britain. Andy Peters is in a market. He's got a wheel of justice or whatever, a, a spinning yeah. wheel he's going to spin. He's Andy Peters. Here are, the, here are the three things Andy Peters, live from a marketplace with a wheel that's got words on. Here's another thing. He's been doing it every day. <laughs> oh, 
Carl Peters. What's going on? I thought he was, um, you know, a big production type. Spin, spin, spin the wheel of justice. See how fast the birds. Um, yeah, so he's doing that. He's that. actually spinning the wheel of quids, I think. Hey. But I thought he was a big deal these days. Now he's being cheggers. Two... I bet he's getting paid a fortune. I'm sure Two stories on page three of The Sun. The first one is... Look who's page three! Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's page three. But she's had twins. How is this possible? Well, she... Um, I mean, she is dressed up... She is dressed up like a hooker. OK, she is dressed up like a hooker. And here's an interesting Mariah Carey... I don't Carey. know why she's got gloves on. I do. Yeah, it's a bit chilly, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the thing, OK? I've got a soft spot for Mariah Carey. I do think she's beautiful. But, but, uh, she only... If you look, you only ever oh, see... Oh, are you going to reveal this? I think you I can. You know this stuff about someone and you're going to reveal I'm it. I'm going to reveal this. I've got a friend who's interviewed. Have you seen Mariah Carey on page three, Kels? No. There, look. I'm not really bothered about her OK. Anymore. She is, um... Um, Music Box was a great album. <laughs> I know she can do like eight octaves. Seven. Does she have to do, do Don't get the, carried away. Does she have to do them in every song? Um, she the, here's the thing about Mariah Carey. You will only ever see pictures of her with the right side of her face towards the camera. She's got a wonky left eye. Has she? Yeah, yeah. If you look, I, I, I don't, it, it's not, it's not, you know, so bad that you don't know who she's looking at. I think it's a bit squinty. But is this stuff that Mariah's noticed, or is this stuff that's real? Because she has special requests for almost everything, doesn't she? My friend films her for an interview, and the PR people. Okay, now Miss Curry's going to sit and she's going to face you, but she's going to face you with her right hand side. Do not ask her to turn. Do not ask her to move. You will not, under any circumstances, film her left hand side. Oh. I just thought she did that coquettish thing. No, it's not coquettish. It's to hide her wonky eye. Oh. I think it's. I say wonky eye. That's unfair on her. I think it's a puffy. It's a puffy eye. I remember seeing Mariah Carey at Live 8. You know that thing that was supposed to end poverty? Oh, yeah, I was there. Um, she came on stage with her personal masseuse and introduced her as such. Good for her. Uh, that was shortly after she introduced the African Children's Choir that she was using as backup singers. I, I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I made poverty history, brilliant. but not quite. Not until Miss Carey's had her water brought to her by if her slave. If you know anybody who's got a puffy eye, 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound starting to build up between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick. Also the A1M southbound heavy going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. On public transport we've got ongoing strike action today. First Capital, Con- First Capital Connect has service suspended between Finsbury Park and Moorgate while trains divert via King's Cross. And on the central line, things are running between West Ryslip, Ealing Broadway and White City. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. We're talking about Live 8, Catherine. Yeah. I was all at the back with all the actual people. You were with the rich people, I w- ending I, poverty. I had a golden pass. I was working for Capital. <laughs> and I had a golden pass. And I um, was backstage with some sort of weird celebrities. I remember um, being in a group of people, including Ulrika Johnson. And everyone walked off apart from me and Ulrika Johnson. And we just stood there. And we realised we had nothing to say. And we went were they setting you up? No, that we just went in separate directions. I was also with a very, uh, very famous radio disc jockey who, let's just say, was off his nuts on cocaine. Oh. I'll tell you who, off air. <laughs> 6.40.
47. It's Wednesday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the past three years. An independent undertakers in Hertfordshire has become the first in the country to film funerals. And in sport, Watford lost their final away match of the championship last night. I don't know the score of that game, but I do know the Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton. Let's get the weather with Kate. So, it was... Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's rather misty and murky out there this morning. The Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place covering parts of Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire uh, for this thick fog. Visibility considerably reduced in some areas. We've had reports of it being reduced down to less than 20 metres in some places. So really quite dangerous out there this morning. Hopefully it should start to lift quite quickly and uh, it'll lift into at first low cloud. But then this low cloud will start to thin and break. We'll get some really nice, pleasant, sunny spells through the afternoon afternoon. Slim chance of an isolated shower may be out towards parts of North Bedfordshire and uh, East Hertfordshire, but uh, most of us should escape those showers today. Maximum temperature 16 Celsius, 61 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight, uh, mostly dry to start with, but we'll get a bit of mist and fog and then we'll get the cloud re- uh, reforming and moving back in from the southwest through the middle part of the night through to dawn. And then we're going to get outbreaks of rain really right the way through into tomorrow. Minimum temperature, they kept quite mild because of that cloud around 7, 8 Celsius. So yes, for Thursday, rather grey, outbreaks of rain, cooler, bit of an easterly wind and a maximum temperature of 15 Celsius. But it's not all doom and gloom for Friday. Things start to clear by Friday afternoon. We should see the return of some sunshine, but it also means the temperature that bit chillier. It's a cold front that moves through that clears the air out, so it gets chilly Friday and then there's a risk of a frost overnight Friday into Saturday. But at the moment, the bank holiday weekend is looking fine and dry if a little cooler. That's your forecast. Saturday night on BBC One. Question one. Which TV personality did most people nominate? At- I don't think we should be advertising television programmes on a radio station. I look forward to hearing them advertise us. I just don't... It, it really sits uncomfortably with me. And I... Um, I and we talk about TV, of course, because it's part of popular culture uh, and, and we kind of have conversations on it. But I do think it's odd. And I know it's BBC, we're one big family. No stuff, you television. You, you've got a budget of millions. Here at this station, we've got a budget of 62 pence and a packet of silk cut. That's how we get Justin to work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it sits uncomfortably with me, advertising television programmes. Yes. Why, why not listen to... Um, uh, why not listen to BBC Introducing on a Saturday night? Or Richard Spent... Well, OK, that, yeah. But BBC Introducing, why not listen to that on a Saturday night? Kels, you with me? Yes, good point. Shouldn't be advertising that. And it does strike me as odd as well. Um, oh, here we go. Is there something I, else? Can I say this? Oh. Yeah, I can, I can say this. I love Nick Coffer. I think his show is brilliant. And he sent me a really nice text yesterday. Thank you, Nick. Uh, b- but I have to address this. He has a gentleman on giving you the pick of the week's TV. I just think that's odd on radio. It's not Christmas with you and Nick, of course not. And I know you won't take it as such. Uh, I know other radio shows do. It just seems odd. We're a radio station. Let's big up. Let's big up that at midday today we've got Nick Coffer and we'll find out what's on Nick Coffer's show. Uh, and then tomorrow on Roberto's show, where he's got such and such. Why say, uh, you know, why say, well, at midday today you could be watching this on BBC One and then at five o'clock in the evening, why don't you turn on BBC Two and watch this? Yeah, I guess. You've got a point there. Seems odd, doesn't it, Just? Yeah, slightly odd. Slightly odd. But you, then again, you, you know. You're not buying it, are you? Well, th- th- there could be something amazing on television which just can't be missed. 
Well, which is better than Nick Coffer or Roberto Prodi? I'm just saying. Hey, and these days, it's not necessarily an either-or situation. You could yeah. set your whatever device you have to or you record could, it. You could, tape, you could tape the radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? <laughs> mm. You could tape the radio. Well, I moved on. Uh, Justin. Mm. Funerals. Yes. We had a gentleman in. Let me get his name right, because when he came in... <laughs> Kelly kept calling him Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly said, Ian, this is Dave. And she said it three times, she... and then he went, actually, it's Mark. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Vasey. Mark Vasey, who uh, films funerals. He works for uh, Austin's Undertakers. Uh, and I was, when we heard this yesterday, Just, I was scratching my head. I thought, oh, it's very, um, that sits uncomfortably in me. It's very, very weird. Mm. Uh, but he, didn't he explain it well, Catherine? Yeah. And I think he would do it sensitively. I agree. And, it would, he, he, and, he, and what it was interesting was he talked about the edit, and it's all in the edit, and it, it, I'm sure he would do an excellent job. Any chance we could send you out, sir, to get the voice of the public to ask if they would want, uh, you know, their mums, their kids, their brothers' funeral films? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, from what I'm reading here in, in the details, um, they will be offering this service to uh, places such as Welling Garden City, Nebworth, Buntington, Hartford, West, Stevenage and Hitchin. So this morning I thought I'd go to Hitchin to, to find out if people would want this service. Personally, for me, um, like you yesterday, I thought, well, I'm not sure about this, but um, having heard the interview this morning, I, I can't believe this service hasn't been offered before because mm. it, it is such a, a special day. Yes, a very upsetting day, but a very special day. And for me personally, I would want that footage which I could look back on in, in years to come. So for me, it's a fantastic service. Justin, go and find out what people think. We'll speak to you in the next hour. Cheers, boss. Cheers, my dears. People, Victorians used to wouldn't wouldn't flinch from this, would they? They they would. They'd they go, used to take photographs. They'd have yeah. whole family albums. Victorians of... would go, what, you've managed to trap moving pictures in a box? What it's is this? witchcraft. You've got time for one story, then we're going to play uh, Paolo Nottini. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Susie Reed and Ben Sheepdog are sitting on a sofa. Repeat. They are sitting on a sofa. There's oh, Prince, uh, Prince Harry doing, doing that uh, twerking. Dance. They are sitting on a sofa. They have listened. Having a strong grip at 53 could show you'll live longer. A grip where? On your hands. Hand grip. Okay, that's good to know. It's If after reading this... Ready? Yeah. Are you 53? There or thereabouts. What? If after reading this, you can spring energetically from your chair and then give someone a good, strong handshake, Hand doctors shake. have some good news for you. Yeah. And if you can also balance on one leg for up to 30 seconds with your eyes closed, well, that's a bonus oh, as well. I, I mean, who that. can do that? Um, Maoris. I'm quite good at balancing. See if you can balance for this whole record. I've started. Well, lift your foot up. It's up. Close your eyes. Up. Here we go. Closing your eyes. Hey, she's over! She's over already! That was three seconds! Closing your eyes makes all the difference. It doesn't it just, doesn't it just? Kate Kinsella's got a puffy eye. She's just tweeted a picture. Oh dear. The corner of my eye. The back of my mind. I recognize. What you mean to me And all the corners of our picture Are a long time frame They still symbolize What you mean to me I'd be a fool to want more from you. 
His song's too long. I like it. It's too five minutes long. Come on, Paolo. Come on, slow down a little bit. We're asking, uh, who do you know with a puffy eye? Kate Kinsella, at Kate underscore Kinsella, has tweeted her puffy eye. And what a puffy eye it is. That's terrifying. Wowzers. Still beautiful. Still beautiful. Um, what have you got? Oh, Catherine? this. New York City and Chicago have banned electronic cigarettes from restaurants, bars yes. and other public places. Good, good. The vanguard begins. The bans, which began yesterday, have been triggering debate between health officials and the e-cigarette industry on the future of the devices in the US. The Chicago ban applies to indoor public places and New York's also extends to parks and beaches. At last. This is great. I don't want to see beaches smoking... Uh... Oh, you mean on the beaches? Mm. I, I, the, reason, I, the reason I don't like um, vapists is because of their smugness. The smugness of, of those people. Oh, you've just reminded me of something. Uh, I was out all day yesterday, got home late at night, and went into the office. It's the room with the computer in. <laughs> and that's why we've got a landline that we never use. Used very, very rarely. And I noticed it was on the thing. And I noticed a phone call had been made. I thought, oh, blimey, I better... Start. I noticed the phone call had been going for eight hours. Oh, where were the boys? They were in bed asleep, which is a good job, because then I saw that the last number they dialed had been to the United States of America. (gasps) An eight-hour phone call to the United States of America. Boys, you are... You're going to get a whopping. My daughter phoned the speaking clock for two hours, but I kind of think I got the best end of the deal there. I think you may have done. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Also, the M1 London-bound, heavy going around Junction 9 for Redbourne. The A1M southbound also struggling at Junction 7 for Stevenage. Then on public transport, ongoing strike action today. The central line is running between West Ryslip, Ealing Broadway and White City. And the northern line running between Edgware and Golders Green. Also High Barnet, Mill Hill East and Finchley Central. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Imagine that, an eight-hour phone call to Los Angeles in America. Oh, man. I might have to go and run a marathon or something and get sponsored to pay that bill off. Hey, would you have your funeral filmed? We'll talk about it after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock. The headlines, drug referrals amongst youngsters in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes, filming funerals in Hertfordshire and Star Wars legends in Buckinghamshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the last three years. Freedom of information requests made to councils across the UK have revealed the figures. Jamie Grierson carried out the research. But referral itself can mean that the child is vulnerable to drug and alcohol misuse in the future through exposure to a parent who's misusing or perhaps even a sibling or another relative. Or it could indeed mean that they themselves have started abusing substances. An independent undertaker's in Hertfordshire has become the first in the country to film funerals. Austin say the service is in good taste and helps families come to terms with their loss. Mark Vasey films the funerals. From a funeral, you, the eulogies are so fantastic. The care, the attention that's taken to um, uh, you know, all, all the details of the funerals. And you really get a sense of that person. So you know, remembering rather than forgetting is what it's about. A care home worker has been sacked and several others suspended after an undercover investigation by the BBC's Panorama programme found mistreatment of elderly residents at one of the largest care homes in the country. Secret filming was carried out at the old deanery near Braintree in Essex. Its owner, Anglia Retirement Homes, has made an unreserved apology. The Chief Inspector of Adult Social Care at the Care Quality Commission is Andrea Sutcliffe. We are expecting people who are running services, who are managing these services, to deliver. People shouldn't be getting into this business if they don't care. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, has said he will announce by lunchtime whether he will stand in the Newark by-election caused by the resignation of the former Conservative MP Patrick Mercer. Mr Mercer stepped down last night after it emerged he was to be suspended over a Cash for Questions scandal. Three of the biggest actors from the original Star Wars trilogy are to return for the latest instalment, Episode 7, to be filmed in Buckinghamshire. The film, which will be shot at Pinewood Studios from next month, will feature Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, who played Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and Princess Leia. Mark Newbold from the Star Wars fans' website says it's a particular coup to have persuaded Harrison Ford to take part. He kind of moved on after returning the Jedi into other things and, and I think shifted his focus, but in later years, or more recently, he's kind of softened to it again uh, and to get him back yeah I think that's the coup of the century really and it really solidifies the fact that we're going back into the classic era of Star Wars In sport Watford lost their final away match of the championship season last night the Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton and had Albert Riera sent off and Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Ben Reeves has won the club's player of the season award The weather a dull and misty start but skies will brighten this afternoon to give some warm sunshine also the risk of the odd sharp shower a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks The village green is smashing you know, cricket on the green everything you want the green to be used for It's all about where you live We live down near the green and it is nice down near the big house there, it's nice And all this week we're featuring Houghton Regis Well not far from where we're standing is Houghton Hall and there's a load of green area behind there The Big Tour BBC Three Counties Radio Our phone call to the United States of America. Thanks, boys. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Lots to talk about this morning. As always, keen to get your thoughts on some of the things we're talking about, including kids and drugs, funerals and cameras, and slow and steady in Bedford. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? I'll keep listening to find out. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Uh, you can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we've already established that waistcoat is pronounced Westcott. Um, what else can we uh, work out for you? Well, uh, we're getting rumours, reports, a phone call from someone who won't come on air. I, it, you'd be amazed the number of people who phone up uh, and make an excellent point to either Catherine or Kelly. And then they say, oh, OK, well, I'll just put you through. Oh, no, I, I can't go on air. That happens a lot, doesn't it, Kath? People who come up, phone up with a really good point, but then don't want to come on air. Yeah. And often they tell us ten minutes into the conversation. Why would they do that? They, I suppose you have to say it out loud to someone. But we, we're talking about filming funerals. Yes. And Kelly's, uh, I know Kelly's busy, but she took a call from someone who says, yeah. oh, hang on, this happens. She said, I don't know why you're all so surprised. If you Google black funeral, oh, yeah. you'll see that the um, West Indian community does it quite as a matter of course. Actually. Isn't black funeral an emo band from the 90s? I'm sure <laughs> I don't I think so. Remember. So the, the West Indian communities what but they, it's not a professional thing but they go around with the old vhs they take photographs of the body they document everything i mean i don't know whether that, that's true in your experience obviously we've got the word of someone who's not here to have a chat with if uh, you are from the west indian community is is this a thing i don't know where west india is it's not india is it the west indies where's that um the caribbean they say Caribbean in America. Yes, are you going to start saying that too? No, I won't, because I'm not an affectation. I'm a, a human being. Uh, OK, so if you've been to a black funeral, we can call them black funerals, can't we? Well, it depends. I don't know whether the Africans do that. Well, let's, let's, let's start out wide and then narrow our search All right, with investigation, it. shall we? Yeah. Oh, OK, there we go. Oh, have you been to a black funeral? Was it filmed? And is there a band called Black Funeral? I'm sure there must be. If not, guys, you can have that one for free. Now, in the last three years, 300 children in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes have been referred to drug and alcohol treatment services. The youngest, get this, 12 years old. Many of these children don't actually have a substance problem themselves, but are being affected by the parents' problems. However, some of them will be getting treatment for their own drug and alcohol abuse. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been out on the streets of Bedfordshire, and he spoke to this teenager. Now about, about 12, I think, yeah. My friends, um, uh, they've actually got like, videos and things of it and uh, I've seen it and then like, they're just chilling and uh, yeah, they're just smoking weed like, in front of me and things like that. At 12 years old? Yeah. At 12 years old, just, I, I just don't know what to say. When you're talking about cannabis there, what about harder drugs? Do you know other people that have been addicted to, to harder drugs at a young age as well? Yeah, I know a few people but they really, I don't know where they get it from but... They just like bring it into school as well, and they just do like outside of school. What sort of drugs are we talking about? Weed and cocaine. So you got cocaine yeah. in a school, class A. Yeah. Wow. Um, and these people are, are they addicted to this? Have they gone to to seek help for their addiction? Uh, not really. They haven't really got any help. They just do it all the time in school. Every week, I see them at least do it a few times. So you say these people have got drug problems as young as. Yeah, as 14, 15 years old taking cocaine? Yeah, pretty much that, around that age. You're yeah, just wrong. 
how do we stop this? Just lastly, how do we stop this? Because what you're telling me is a, is an eye-opener. It certainly wasn't like that when I was at school. Um, things are very, very different now. How do you think children can be persuaded not to take drugs? Uh, a new education programme? What's going to work, do you think? What's going to stop these people from, from taking drugs and dealing drugs within school? There should be like uh, lessons and things on like how bad drugs are and what the effects are. Uh, of the drugs can do to you and things like that. So you've never had that in school yourself? Yeah, I've learned a bit of it, but it's not as much as what people do because no one really listens. Well, uh, Paul Tui is the Chief Exec of Mentor UK, which works to protect children from drug and alcohol misuse. Morning, Paul. Hello. Paul, is this anything new? Because, uh, listen, I'm an old man, and I I remember <laughs> at school, um, I remember one guy uh, getting stoned at 13 and at yeah. kind of 15, 16, some of the kids going out and having a, you know, a, a cheeky joint. It, is this different? Is this new? Well, I thought this was really interesting. That chat you had... Uh, chap you had on just now was saying that he didn't get much at school. I mean, uh, mental, we know that the average amount of work that gets done on drugs education at school is between one and two hours a year. Um, and that is just clearly not enough. He actually said there, didn't he? He just said that he didn't think it was enough and the kids don't sometimes engage mm. in that. And I think there's a, there's a huge issue that we've got to address because that area of drug education was, was going to be become mandatory as part of the personal social health education that they have in school lessons um, before the last election. And it was dropped. It was dropped at the very last minute. And that, what that means is that, is that schools can actually um, uh, do PSHE in school and do drugs education, but they, they can all also, with the pressures under them, they don't have to do it, and it's not something that they're, they're monitored on. So I think that, um, as far as I'm concerned, we need to really make it mandatory, and also we need to actually improve and change some of the ways in which we go about our work in schools. And we need to be doing also a lot more work further downstream, not just waiting until uh, teenage years and doing work in biology and science lessons, which is what the, the, the Department of Education currently recommends that schools expand the knowledge of pupils in science classes. That's what they actually say. And that is just not good enough because just giving children knowledge about drugs is not prevention. That's not going to work. What kids need is they need to understand things about resilience and peer pressure and how they can get on and achieve in life because the more they can aspire, Mm. be resilient to achieve in life, the less likelihood they are to get involved in drugs. Now, obviously, that's not going to work for everybody, but it would make a huge start if we did that. So this is a big public health issue. And the other interesting thing when you were saying about the number of kids uh, in the counties that have been referred, um, I'd like to know just what the real number is because you know, when we were asked this question we went to the National Treatment Agency and we were told there were 56 children under 12 who got treatment from drugs and alcohol out of a total of 20,000 under 18 year olds. Uh, but then, what we then since learnt was uh, a very um, uh, uh, clever journalist did some research went to lots of different local authorities and councils including in your area and he came back with 366 children. So what is the real figure? Does the government actually really know? Because whenever we try and you know, uh, start to talk to her, who is responsible overall in charge of this issue, there just isn't anybody. So there's a raft of issues here for the government's drug strategy that needs to be looked at. And I think this news report that you've just been talking about now should be really, really used uh, as a catalyst for them to sort of rethink how they're going about it. I guess it's some of these uh, uh, children, and they are children, yeah. uh, if they're coming from backgrounds where their parents are open, casual, or even addicted drug users, it, it, it's 
there's not much hope for them, is there? If they're seeing their parents use drugs on a regular basis, they're going to think it's, it's the norm. But, I mean, that's... You, 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 it's certainly going to be much harder, and traditional strategies that we've just spoke about there may not work for those kids. But still, I still think that you can capture a lot of those kids and, and um, really change their attitudes and approaches if you get to them early enough. I mean, if people are drug users, they're obviously uh, on the authorities' list. Those children might, may well be more vulnerable than children who are, whose parents are not. And so clearly there, there have to be processes put in place to look at that. I mean, we've heard, obviously, sometimes when you've got things like methadone users, that parents are actually using methadone as a pacifier for their babies. Sorry, uh, they're doing what? Using methadone as a pacifier for their babies. For those who don't know, methadone is, is kind of a legal heroin substitute that you're supposed to, you, you get prescriptions for to wean you off heroin. They're giving it to babies, what, to, to get them well, to sleep? Some of these some of these children, they're born, they're, they're born with this in their system. Yeah. There is an addiction there already. I mean, back in Victorian times, opium was used, wasn't it? Opium was used a lot in Victorian times as a pacifier. So there's a massive education issue here for the most vulnerable people as well. So what, what we're, we're talking about here is a multi-strategy approach. There's no one magic fix is there but we should know that where there are users there is there are children who are more vulnerable what strategies are going to be in place to make sure that those children are protected when children get to uh, five six and seven at school we need to make sure they're engaged in school no, no talk about drug or alcohol education or anything like that's not necessary but but we do need to make sure they're engaged with school because if they stop learning they get disenchanted they start misbehaving they then bunk off school they then get involved in in, in that sort of behavior and then you've got your problem further upstream Paul, uh, I'm 40, but I I vaguely remember being young, and I was curious, and I wanted to know things, and kids want to experiment, don't they? And some boring old fart like me saying, hey, don't do drugs, is going to mean nothing. Kids want to experiment and try things, and they think they're the first people to discover acid and And weed. So we're not going to be able to stop... We're not going to be able to stop those uh, um, curious youngsters, are we? No, but see, when you say that, you're 40 and you say you might have tried and messed about with things. I'm 50 and I did the same. But the point is, is there are other things in our life and our backgrounds that made us not become a problem. So, yeah, we all might try things or we all might do things, but we also all grow up in the end because we also have an aspiration and a degree of responsibility that somehow is in our DNA at some age that makes us think, right, I nearly need to crack on my life now, etc. And if you don't have that that's why actually i think one of the most critical ages is around five six and seven and primary school teachers will tell you they know the kids in the classroom that are bouncing off the walls and misbehaving the moment they arrive at school who need attention and a lot of those kids who misbehave if they're not controlled and are not actually then engaging with their learning you know you can bet your bottom dollar that further upstream they're going to be the problematic teenager they're going to be the unemployed young person they're going to be the person who then has these issues because that's what all the evidence tells us. A mentor is merely working on an evidence base. So we we think that early intervention is really important. We think that the government, with its strategy, needs to be thinking that when it comes to drugs and alcohol, this is a public health issue and needs to be led as such through good education. It is not an issue that should be led through uh, criminality in law, through the Home Office, where it currently is. So I think that, again, my hope is that the publicity 
policy around this particular issue, which I, I, I think is really, really uh, very, very shocking, needs to be looked at and should be, uh, give them a reaction to rethink their approach to drug and education in the UK. Paul, nice to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much. Paul Tui, uh, Chief Exec of Mentor UK. Is it appropriate for me to call guests mate? I, I still don't quite know the etiquette. I think generally no, but I don't think Paul does. <laughs> OK, thank you for that. Um, what do you think? 08459 555555. I, I, really interesting what we had to say. But part of me does think that, that kids, young people, are always going to be curious. I've got two boys, they're four and two. Do you know what? I'm expecting at some point... I'm expecting at some point they're definitely going to get um, drunk, they're uh, s- severely drunk. They're probably going to have a joint at some point, and, or, or possibly more. They, they're, they're, young people are curious. But it's about the relationship you have with them, yeah. so that if they get into trouble, or, uh, and that you're close enough to see things happening, yeah. you have a general idea of what's going on, even if you don't want to hear it, you listen, and you're there to pick up the pieces. It's a tough one, isn't it? How have you dealt with it in your life? 08459 455 555, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A40 London-bound much heavier than normal at the moment. There are queues between the Denham roundabout all the way through into Gypsy Corner. Also in Chesant, the A10 southbound queuing between Turnford and the M25. Then the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, there's strike action ongoing today. Metropolitan line running between Uxbridge, Harrow on the Hill and Aldgate. And also the Northern line running between Edgware and Golders Green, High Barnet, Mill Hill East and Finchley Central. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Excellent stuff as always. 7.17, it's Wednesday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the past three years. An independent undertaker's in Hertfordshire has become the first in the country to film funerals. And in sport, Watford lost 3-1 at Charlton in their final away match of the championship season. 08 459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Mark Forrest. Tomorrow night from 7, I'll be live from the... Oh, that looks good. And just have a taste of that. Mmm. Okay. Uh, so where was I? From seven tomorrow night, I'll be... Yeah, one of those, please. Mmm, thank you. Right. Start again. Tomorrow night, 7pm. Please don't let that walk past me. Thank you. Mm. Mark mm. Forrest. Tomorrow night. Night. Tomorrow night. From seven. Live in Bristol for the BBC Food and Farming Awards. Is it time for pudding? Uh, I think my radio's broken. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, dear. Let's have a look at some of your uh, Facebook comments about funerals being filmed. Would you want your funeral... Filmed or your uh, loved ones. Gemma says, where's it gone? Gemma says, as a genealogist, it will be interesting as you only see certain family members at funerals. I've got photos of family funerals as it used to be the done thing. 
Gemma, thank you for that. What's interesting is, is Gemma has uh, abbreviated some of the words in that Facebook post. You, not Y-O-U, it's just the letter U. Wonderful, I, I, I can understand that. But she's, Gemma, you've abbreviated the word B to the letter B. Come, Gemma, come on now. Really, how, how much... T- <laughs> come on, Gemma. I, I'm sure you're a busy lady, but how much time do you really need to save? Uh, and Mal says, yes, why not? After all, famous people's funerals are filmed, so if a family wants to do it, I can't see why not. I'm coming round to this way of thinking. I thought it was a bit of a stinky idea when it was first mooted, uh, uh, but when we spoke to the gentleman, Mark Vasey, the guy that films it, uh, with um, Austin's Undertakers, I've started to think, actually, you know, there's something in this. Uh, Anne has uh, emailed in, when I first heard of this, I thought it might be a good idea, possibly a comfort to the bereaved. But thinking about it, do I really want to relive those final awful moments when the coffin was lowered into the ground, never to be seen again, or see the curtains close around the coffin? Remembering is painful, but for me, to keep those moments alive would be torture. Others may find a certain comfort, and that's for them to decide. I just feel that it may in some way demean the memory of those who've gone before us. I don't know... I wouldn't have wanted it for my dad's funeral. That was a year ago. But do you know what? Maybe in ten years I would have wanted it for my dad. Here comes a cough. All right, Kels. You right, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Just doing the radio, isn't it? Um, No, she wouldn't have. Uh, But maybe in ten years' time I would have wanted it for my dad's funeral. You know, maybe it would be something nice to look back on. 08459 455 555. Do you uh, 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 object to it? Or do you think, actually, actually, do you know what? It's not a bad idea. 08459 455 555. We're going to have a look at the front pages of the newspapers, shall we? Shall we? Uh, The Guardian. Oh, look, Sir Peter Blake. Who's Sir Peter Blake? Who's Sir Peter Blake? Kelly Betts. Who is Sir Peter Blake? Is he from One Direction? No. Sir Peter Blake. He... um, he created one of the most fa- famous images of all time. Who is Sir Peter Blake? I see. Have you got is he from One Direction? No, he's not from One Direction. He created... He is the artist that created the cover of the Sgt Pepper's... Oh, Peter Blake! Lonely Hearts, Hearts Club, Club Band album cover. Cover. Yeah? Yeah. Is that OK? Yeah. Anyway, Sir Peter Blake, so what's he doing? Sir Peter Blake has reprised his Sgt Pepper cover for a collage... Uh, at London's Albert Hall, featuring more than 400 stars who appeared there. Great picture. I don't know why it's the front page of The Guardian. Um, slash costs by £149 million, Jail's told. Oh, this is going to be a big story. Justice Secretary seeks to copy model of troubled Mis- Midlands prison run by G4S. Really? You want to cop- copy uh, a prison run by G4S? Those guys? Those guys that let prisoners go when they're transporting them to prisons? Those guys that sold a load of uh, tags to the government? that uh, 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 To people that were dead? Saying, oh yeah, we got these people tagged. They're dead? Oh... G4S, the guys that muffed up the uh, the Olympics, you want to follow them? OK. Prison governors have been ordered to cut the cost of holding inmates in England's bulging jails by £149 million a year as part of a rad- radical programme designed to slash the costs of incarceration by £2,200 a year per prison place. Well, that's gonna, You watch, that's going to be a story. That one's going to take off. 
Right, back to this funeral story. An undertaker's firm in Hertfordshire is the first in the UK to offer to film your funeral. Austin says the service is in good taste and helps families come to terms with their loss. We can speak now to Jan Cooper from the Child Bereavement and Trauma Service, Chums, which is based in Luton. Jan, what do you think of this idea? Hello, Ian. Um, In some ways, I think it's actually quite a helpful thing for families. It's obviously a really sensitive issue, and I guess the main part of it would be that, you know, it's at a family's request, so um, something that they're looking, you know, they're asking for themselves. For children, I think, um, you know, sometimes children are too young to to go, you know, a family feels they're just too small to be a part of a funeral. Um, And actually what this means is that they could still be included, I think, Um, you know, so that they've got that. Particularly small ones who who may really have a limited understanding, it means that they're able to see actually what, you know, what happened and, you know, people coming and the tributes that were there. So um, in some ways it, it continues to bond for them. Some people might say that it's perhaps a, a little bit inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I can completely, um, I can completely see that too. I think, like with all grief, with everything human, really, there isn't a one size that will fit everybody. And I think when we think about sort of families saying yes that they would like it done, actually the family is made up of lots of sort of diverse mm. individuals some of whom may feel really comforted to be able to sort of relook at things and others who would feel actually that they would be very exposed and, and perhaps resentful, um, you know, to be, to be filmed at such a time. Um, funerals, you know, I, I had the misfortune of going to two funerals uh, of family members last year and um, the, the, there were a few laughs in the funeral, there were a few laughs, but they are, they're, they're, they're hard work, aren't they? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, different ones, some are very personal, some some actually have, um, like yourself, I, I, I went to a couple last year and one of them had a real mixture of, of, of tears and joy. It was a very personal tribute, which I, I, I guess, you know, for that family it was it was absolutely perfect and I can see that they might want to revisit. I think there might be others. I, I guess the families who are likely to ask for the service are perhaps those families that have, you know, that that's what their need is, that they're actually planning a service um, that, that's going to have that mixture of, of joy and tears, perhaps celebrating somebody's life rather than being a, a really, um, you know, really desperately heavy sort of setting. Uh, 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 Chums, Jan, what, what, what help do you offer to, to young people? So we, we cover, um, we're actually based now in, in, in Silso, um, so sort of in the middle of the county, but we cover Luton and Bedfordshire and we offer support to children and their families um, when somebody special has died. So individual work, we do family visits, lots of home support um, for families and for professionals. And we um, we do, the main part of what we do is that we run workshops, groups that allow bereaved children, bereaved teenagers and, and their parents and carers to, to come together and realise that they're not, they're not weird for what they're feeling, mm. they're not going mad, that actually that they're not on their own, you know, with this either, because actually often children don't necessarily 
knowing else that's had a loss. And um, so it's, it, you know, as in a lot of grief, it's a lonely time. So we know that it helps. It helps children to actually meet others. We do a lot, or a lot of what we do is through creative activities. Um, but um, but I've met several families through the, through the years, more in recent years, who have, you know, who have got little bits of film, montages of photographs. Um, you know, they, they've actually um, filmed from funerals, from you know, sort of the surrounding kind of environments too. And and they take sometimes a comfort and a pride, you know, and rewatch. It's such an important time if you like uh, it's such a huge event isn't it and it's recorded in some way Dan we're running out of time if people want to get in touch with chums and uh, use your services what's the website um, you can uh, contact us at um, chums.uk.com and um, as a phone number the best thing to do as well is our phone number which is 01525 863 924 Jan, thank you very much indeed. Jan Cooper from the Child Bereavement uh, and Trauma Service, Chums. I've worked out the answer to this. I've got the answer to this, Catherine. I've got the answer to it. You can call it the answer yourself as well. Go on. This is a brilliant idea, and it, sh- it should happen at all funerals. That's, got, that's the answer. And do you know how I've got to that? How? Because my nan was buried about 22 years ago. I don't remember anything of the funeral. I don't remember anything of the funeral. Ah. And I would like it was it was a cremation. I don't I remember nothing about it. I know it was in Milton Keynes, uh, but I don't remember anything about it. So maybe not for the direct family, maybe not for straight away, but something to keep for future I would, reference. I like would, it's a historical thing. I would on the back of this, I would go home and I would put on my nan's funeral uh, and uh, maybe not watch the whole thing, but I'd certainly watch a little bit and I'd remember her. This is a brilliant idea. I've got it now. All you've got to do is think back to a funeral you missed or a funeral you went to when you were younger and for whatever reason you don't remember, would you like to see that funeral? I wasn't allowed to go to funerals till I was about... I don't think I went to my first funeral till I was in my 20s. Wow. So my grandfather's funeral I never, yeah. I never went to. Would you yeah, like to see I, it? It would help me, actually. I think that because yeah. I didn't go, it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact he was really gone. Yeah. Kelly Betts? I don't know why you'd want to watch it, though. To, 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 to see everyone crying. No, no, not that bit. The eulogy, I think. Yeah. I'd like to have a little piece of him just for five minutes. Yeah. The, 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 the beautiful words are being said, and if there's a bit of laughter, fantastic. If there's a bit of sadness, that's great. To connect with them in that kind of way. You're not buying it? No, I, I think it's a good idea. Mm. There's just some bits that I think would be really uncomfortable. Well, then you don't put those in. Yeah, you're not going to have a close-up of, of your mum crying. You know, you, you, it, it sounds like the fellow that we had in, Mark, was going to do it tastefully. Respectful distance. Thank, I, I, th- that's the answer. All you've got to do, it's simple, isn't it? All you've got to do is think back to a funeral that, for whatever reason, you couldn't go to. Maybe you were abroad, maybe you were ill, uh, or, or you don't remember because you were too young. Would you like to see that funeral now? And the answer has to be yes, doesn't it? You can't say no. I want to see my nan's funeral. I didn't go to my nan and granddad on my dad's side because I wasn't talking to that side of the family. One of the, the, the two worst decisions of my life. If I could go back and change anything, th- those are the only things. I'd go to my nan and grad's funeral. But if it was on video, video, DVD, DVD, Blue, Blu-ray, then I'd watch it. You can't argue with it. All funerals should be filmed. It seems obvious to me now. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the A40 London bound, between the Target roundabout and the Greenford flyover, two lanes are closed after an accident. Queues starting from the Denham roundabout, that's adding to those delays which are already much heavier than usual because of the strike action. On the M25, anti-clockwise, things are very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Then on public transport, Metropolitan Line now running between Uxbridge, Harrow-on-the-Hill and Aldgate. And the Northern Line has services all running now. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the last three years. An independent undertaker's in Hertfordshire has become the first in the country to film funerals. Austin say the service is in good taste and helps families come to terms with their loss. And an under, undercover investigation by the BBC Panorama programme has found evidence that elderly people at one of the largest care homes in the country were abused by staff. One worker has been dismissed and seven others have been suspended. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford lost their final away match of the championship season last night. The Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton and had Albert Riera sent off. Troy Deeney scored for Watford, but they've won just four times on their travels in the league this season. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain says the Hornets lack the passion shown by their hosts, who confirmed their championship status. It's a bit damning to say it, but they looked like they needed it and wanted it more, and that was obvious the situation they were in, and we knew that, but we didn't. We didn't um, combat tonight the um, the energy and the uh, the passion that they showed for the game. Real Madrid are through to the Champions League final. Cristiano Ronaldo scored twice in a stunning 4-0 win at Holders Bayern Munich as the Spanish side went through 5-0 on aggregate. Tonight, Jose Mourinho's Chelsea host Atletico Madrid following last week's goalless first leg in Spain. I don't think he's... It's a crucial point. It's a game. It's a knockout game. It's a game of, uh, of details. It's a game where maybe, we don't know, but maybe one goal is the difference. So it's a game where everybody needs to be at the top level. But uh, the players are more important than me. Chesham are through to the Southern League Premier Playoff final after beating Starbridge 2-1 last night. Drew Roberts and Chris Dillon scored for the Buckinghamshire side. In tonight's second semi-final, St Albans are away to Cambridge City. Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Ben Reeves won the club's Player of the Season award last night. He also won Players Player of the Year and Goal of the Season for his effort away to Stevenage. And Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford's 8.51 metres national record set in Sandy Diego last week has been declared legal despite complaints from British rival Chris Tomlinson. USA track and field which officiated at the event says Olympic champion Rutherford's jump was verified. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties. No. No. I don't like the new Twitter. Have you seen the new Twitter? No, no, no. What what they've done is they've tried to make it look like Facebook. People are turning off Facebook, Twitter. They don't, I don't know. No, 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 no. no. We'll, we'll, we'll have none of that, please. Uh, if you're bored of Twitter becoming the new Facebook, well, why don't you try out um, Gramston's? What? It's Instagram. That's the fella. Because this show <laughs> is... We are gramming every day. We're doing a gram every day, aren't we? Yeah, we're doing, we're, we're Well, yesterday we did four grams between us. Yep. Uh, and today we haven't done any grams yet. I want to do a gram. What should we do it of? 
Uh, that? Uh, that's rude. Okay. What is it? What? That was your middle finger. Way! What? Whoa! In- Instagram is like the groovy version of showing everyone your holiday photos, isn't it? Isn't it just? So we're on we're there. We're doing that. We are Ian Lee Show. Huh? We are Ian Lee Show. Ian Lee Show, yeah. Yes. I-A-I-N. Yeah. And we've got we've managed to, to get a whole 99 followers. Yeah, in a it day. Really, it really doesn't seem worth it. That's good. Is it? Only day one. What are they looking Chill at? Out. We're going to have to keep pleasing these people with more and more daring photos. Yeah. So I'll tell you one of the things that has uh, been quite successful. Go on, please do, mate. I'll play it to you. <laughs> oh, the scarings. Okay, mate, My favourite thing about that is that Kat screams. you got a double scare. <laughs> I scream and I'm, I'm behind him inside the room. I scream, you scream, we all scream for... Vanilla. We... I'm sending an email to myself. Why? What does it say? Sometimes you just sometimes you just got to do that. Do you do it from the past so that you look back? Is it a thing? By the time I read this, I hope to have a. Yeah, well, you can do that, can't question. you? You can send um, e- emails to your family when you're dead. Mm. And alive. Well, before well, you're dead, you send them. <laughs> you and then can they do it when you're alive. Yes. Uh, so you die, and then you um, you send an email to. Good morning, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, sorry, you die, and then you s- no. So you before you die, you send emails. Oh, yeah. But they get locked into t- uh, time and space, and then when you die, your family receive those emails. Oh, so you put a, like a schedule date on it? Is that what you mean? Well, but it's through like a. a hey, here's something I signed up to. Um, uh, it cost me twenty five dollars, right? And it's time travel. We heard oh, that and what it is is you get, send this company twenty five dollars, yeah. right? And they invest it. They invest it, mm-hmm. um, and then in like four five hundred years time, when they've invented time travel, mm. they uh, give it back to you. No, no, no. What they do that twenty five dollar investment will be like a, a billion dollars. Okay, mm. so then they can afford to come back in time. This is, I don't know why you're laughing at this. They can afford to come back in time, take you to the future, mm. and replace you with an identical robot. So no one knows. Okay, so you're dead. Well, what? And what happens? No, this is, you're, you're confusing two uh, things. Yeah. Catherine will get this. Catherine. She's not listening. Well, she should listen. I'm listening. I'm she, always listening. She's always listening. So, Catherine, this is a thing I did a few years ago, right? For twenty, I paid twenty-five dollars to a company in America, a, a man, and what he does is he takes all the twenty-five dollars he gets and he invests them in the stock market. Okay, then in five hundred years' time, that <laughs> you'll have a family fortune. No, if, well, yeah, if 500 years' time, that $25 would be like a billion dollars, mm. okay? So hang on, basically, you've just you've given, given a random guy $25 that you will never see again and you will never benefit from. Wrong. Wrong. Explain. That, in 500 years' time, that, tw- that $25 will be like a billion dollars. And that's probably going to be more than that. And what, where will you be? Well, I'm here now, <laughs> yeah. but in 500 years' time, they've invented time travel. Right. So what this guy's company oh. is going to do... This is true. If I had known that you were like this, no. I would... No. What the guy's going to do, what the company's going to do, is in 500 years' time, they're going to come back and get me and all the other uh, wise people that invested $25. Mm-hmm. They're going to get me, take me to the future, where I'm going to be as rich as a king. So and they're going to replace me here yeah. with an identical robot. So they could have already done that. Maybe. This, during this conversation. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> That's them. I don't know. Clever, huh? Oh. Clever, huh? Now, I bought some trash in my time, like the square egg maker. But that really, that really is something. 
I'm really shocked by that response. I'll find the link and I'll send it to you, Kath, because this I think this could be something. I'll find the link. Uh, what what's so ridiculous about what's so ridiculous about that, Dennis? Nothing. It, thank you, Dennis. You've called it about filming funerals. Go on. Yeah, um, I was just—I'm I, I a little bit surprised to find out that um, more funeral directors don't film funerals because um, in the Caribbean community, it's something that's been done for quite some time. Oh, no, we heard this rumor. We were—we we heard this rumor that uh, some black funerals, and you've narrowed it down to the Caribbean or the Caribbean, as the Americans insist on saying, uh, they film funerals. Now, who's filming it, Dennis? Is it family members or is it professional setup? It's a bit of both. Oh. Um, I think the last one that I went to was a was a professional setup, and the church that I went to was like um, a, a cinema where um, people who couldn't see what was going on at the front had huge screens that they could watch. Wow! How big was this yeah. funeral, man? Oh, I think it was at least a thousand people. What? Yep. I'm going to be lucky if I get ten at mine, the rate I'm going. <laughs> uh, and is it just in the Caribbean, Dennis, or is this kind of transferred over into the UK as well? Well, no, they do it here. This, this was in, um, in England here. Oh, this was in England? Yeah, this Flipping was in London. Heck. Yeah, and I'm, um, I think over the last five or six years, I think I've been to four funerals that were filmed. And when, when, when do these wed, uh, wedding videos, these funeral videos, when do they get kind of dusted off and shown? Well, they get passed out to family and friends and stuff like that. Whoever couldn't attend, they get sent a video. It's a good idea, isn't it? I wasn't sure, but, uh, but exactly 11 minutes ago, I made up my mind that this is actually a cracking idea. Yeah, and you can, you can show it to, like, I, one of the funerals I went to, I took some film, and I could show it to my kids who didn't attend. I show them who was there and, like, who attended and, you know, people that I haven't seen for many years. Dennis, I'm going to let you go because you're obviously travelling, but thank you. It's a good idea. i tell you what's not acceptable, though, and it would be going too far, is if, you know, someone whipped up their mobile phone and started filming. <laughs> someone, you know, when you go to a gig, you can't see the performer. You only watch the performer through the, the mobile phone screen of the person in front of you. In fact, it's got worse at the Nativity this year, right? Unless you're on the front row, you've had it, because they've not just got mobile phones out, they've got iPads. Which take a, it's like putting a book in front of someone's the, face. <laughs> the, <laughs> it is. The iPads, you're right. I, we, we always get front row. We, we always... Uh, if I take my mother-in-law, Greek elbows, we always get the front it's row. It's the only way to go. But you're right. You, you, uh, but gigs, uh, they don't really... T- I'm not seeing iPads at gigs, but yeah, uh, gigs, you don't see the artist anymore. Every now and then, if it's my favourite favourite song, I might film a bit of it. What I, what I tend to do is I tend to phone up a mate who couldn't make it to the gig and play them, you know, their favourite song down the phone. Them. Yeah, to taunt them. Yeah, That's I what I like that. to do. But, um, yeah, you can't start whipping out your iPad or your mobile phone at a funeral. Aren't there also moments where sometimes you think, do you know what, I'm going to stop filming now and actually live this experience? No, we don't do that. We don't do that anymore. We don't live in the moment anymore. What's this mindfulness meditation I've been hearing lots about? It's where you, you, you're really aware of this moment now that's happening. It's gone, so you're aware of this one. And we don't do that now. It's Everything is about uh, thinking about how you're going to look back on this moment. Shall we embrace this moment right now? Yeah, go on. Wait, you're ruining it. Oh. Do you know what embrace means? Yeah, it's a band. That's true, they're good actually. Thank you very much indeed. Ken's in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning. Are you a fan of embrace? Not really. No? What was, what was your favourite song of theirs? I don't even know who they are. Are you, are you a fan of the concept of embrace, the physical act? 
Oh, yes. Yes. OK, well, should we have a metaphorical embrace? Yes. Uh. Ooh. <laughs> Ken, what have you called in about? Funerals, Ian. Go on. They'll be turning out like weddings. Everyone will be wanting to de- outdo everyone else. My funeral is bigger than yours. Money spinner. But on a serious point, when you... That was the light point? <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you think about how your father died... Yes. I think about how my father died yeah. and my mother-in-law. Yeah. You want to be reminded of that? But I wouldn't be reminded of the fact that my dad had pancreatic cancer. I'd be reminded of the fact that the, the, a huge number of people turned up... You can't, you can't divorce it. You can't divorce the way your father died, can you? Yeah, I think you can. No, no. I, 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 I don't agree with you there, because... Tell me why. Anyone mentions funerals, and you think about the, the parents or your grandparents, and the... They didn't have a happy time dying. You you just associate both, don't you? I mean, I'm I I dis with with respect, Ken. I disagree. I um, buried my dad's ashes the other week. That's why I was off for a couple of days. And um, there was, I mean, it's still quite fresh. It's only a year. That there was an element of remembering at his him at his illest towards the end. But most of it was, was, you know, stood there remembering the fun and the missed opportunities and all those kinds of things. Yeah, I agree with you there. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you'll have everybody... To, I mean, it's like me. I mean, I'm going to be shoved in a cardboard box and taken up on the back of a Ford Fiesta. You know, because I, I don't want people spending oodles of money on my funeral. You know, it's just going to be my funeral's better than your funeral. My funeral's going to be better than yours, Ken. Oh, I hope, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, it will be. Mine's going to be a great funeral. Well, I'm not scared of dying, but I don't want to be there when it happens. I'm not. I, I, do you know, I don't think I'm scared of dying now. I'm scared of... of I, I don't want to be ill before. I don't want to have six months, a year of like, being really ill. This is a fun chat, isn't it? Of being really ill. But the dying itself, yeah, come on, whatever. You know, let's have some of that. Well, yeah, no. Do you want to end with a... It's a little bit morbid. Do you want to end with a jolly rhyme about an ex-girlfriend of yours? Oh, yes. I went out with a girl named Joy, found out later she was a boy. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A40 London bound, between the Target roundabout and the Greenford flyover, two lanes are closed after an accident, and we've got queues going in towards London from the Denham roundabout. The A1M southbound, very slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise, extremely slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Ongoing strike on action on public transport. Metropolitan Line is running between Uxbridge, Harrow on the Hill and Aldgate. And the Central Line running between West Ryslip and White City. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Seven.
7.46, it's Wednesday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the past three years. An independent undertaker's in Hertfordshire has become possibly the first in the country to film funerals. And in sport, Watford lost 3-1 at Charlton in their final away match of the championship season. Well, let's go over to the uh, weather room and hopefully she's managed to squeeze her puffy eye in. It's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still a puffy eye and now hiccups as well, so you'll have to excuse those. Now, we've got a rather misty and murky start to the day. The Met Office has issued a yellow weather warning for the dense fog. It's valid until nine o'clock and covers parts of Hertfordshire and parts of Bedfordshire as well. So, uh, yes, rather misty and murky. Visibility considerably reduced in some of those areas today, so extra care needed. It is starting to lift gradually, though. Have got a bit of low cloud around. It's lifting into that first, but eventually it will start to thin and break and we should get some fairly decent and sunny spells. We've already got some sunshine through parts of West Hertfordshire um, out towards parts of Buckinghamshire as well so it's not too bad a start for some but like I say it is going to improve if you have got that mist and fog. Now out in the sunshine later we could be getting up to a maximum of around 16 17 Celsius. Overnight tonight one or two odd showers may develop towards this evening but most of us should stay dry. Middle part we may see a bit of mist and fog reforming again but then we'll see the cloud increasing from the south and west bringing out breaks of rain by dawn tomorrow morning keeping things relatively mild though under the cloud minimum temperature between 7 and 8 celsius so for thursday it's rather a gray start outbreaks of rain to begin with as well a bit of a cooler day as well the easterly wind starting to play part in the temperature we're looking at a maximum tomorrow of 15 celsius 59 degrees in fahrenheit but as we head through friday it will clear out of the way by friday afternoon yes it's going to feel cooler but we'll see the return of the sunshine overnight friday into Saturday we run the risk of a frost in the more prone spots as temperatures drop right down and although the weekend looking for bank holiday of course looking fine dry with sunny spells it will feel that little bit chillier and that's your forecast Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise, and for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, it's a story that seems to pop up every now and then. It's popping up Again, a campaign is underway to introduce a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit in part of Bedford and help improve safety around three local schools. Local Labour borough councillors are consulting residents about lowering the speed limit in Queen's Park. We can talk to one of those Labour councillors, Mohammed Massoud. Good morning, Mohammed. Good morning, Why, why do we need to lower the speed limit in Queen's Park? Well, actually, we've got uh, three schools in this area and uh, the streets are packed with the cars, and it's very dangerous people driving so fast in that area. We've been having a complaint from all the residents, and we've uh, been talking about it, how we can make it safer. So this is the solution we come up with to make it in 20 miles an hour because of these schools 
and uh, residents are uh, complaining. If there are idiots who are already driving fast outside schools, then a 20 mile per hour speed limit isn't going to change that, is it? Well, it will. We're going to get this enforced and uh, get this checked maybe in the cameras, whatever we have to do to enforce this, you see, because it's very important to make it safe safer for our residents in the area. Do, can, can you make the 20 mile per hour um, the legal limit, or is it not just a suggested limit? Well, at the moment it's suggested, but I mean, I don't know, I mean, we might be able to make it in uh, legal. Because I know when we've spoken to other um, uh, councils about um, in- enforcing 20 miles per hour in uh, residential areas, that they can't actually make it the, 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 the speed. They can recommend it be the speed and they can put signs up, but that the, they can't legally make it, set it at 20 miles per hour. Well, this is we've got to consult. I mean, ah. I'm not 100% sure about no. this, but we, we will be looking into it, yeah. You've spoken to residents. What have they had to say, Mohammed? Well, they, I've had a few phone calls when they read in the paper and they're very happy with it. And a lot of people are responding to the council uh, about this. And uh, we need everyone to respond to the consultation. If it all goes to plan, when do you think this might come into place? Uh, if uh, this is the last week for the consultation... And then after that, any comments or anything uh, we need to look at. And if there are, we need to solve those things as well. And then once it's done, it will sometime in uh, June. Okay. We look- yeah. And also, uh, uh, Mohammed, you've paid for yellow lines to be introduced around street corners from your local ward fund. What, what impact has that had? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm very happy because I've checked myself as well. It's easier to turn into the uh, streets, and uh, the lorries, they were having a complaint. Buses were having a complaint. They had to stop 10, 15 minutes to get someone out to move his car so the bus can get through. All these things are very happy. They're working perfectly. Good. We we want our streets moving better. Uh, Mohammed, if people, you say there's only a week or so left for people to get involved in this consultation. How, How can they get involved? Well, if the council already wrote everyone uh, letters, they need to directly respond to council's letters, and they have to uh, do it by this week. Mohammed, thank you very much indeed, Councillor Mohammed Massoud. Um, uh, Labour councillor, um, have your say, man. Listen, this is important stuff. Have your say in your local community. Might not seem like important stuff, but this stuff's important, and it helps shape communities and make them safer. So. Uh, I, I need to correct a few things. I've got a few things wrong. If you want to find out uh, about what I was talking about, the science that I'm involved in, you go to <laughs> w- the con that you're involved in. www.timetravelfund.com. Okay? Why are you shaking your head? Oh, am I? I didn't realise. Timetravelfund.com. Um, the Time Travel Fund, your ticket to the future. <laughs> Down the line. My ticket to your 25 bucks. How does it. It's not 25 bucks. I got that wrong. How does this work? Current scientific theory states that time travel may be possible uh, is a long way off, perhaps hundreds of years in the future. Now, assume it does become possible in, say, 500 years. As with any technology, time travel will get less expensive as time goes on. Okay? Time travel, once it becomes feasible, will initially be very expensive. It'll become more and more economical as time goes by. How does this help me? The concept is that one day it may be possible for living far, people living in the future to retrieve you from your current frame of, refer- frame, frame of reference and bring you into their future. 
Why would they want to? Answer, that's the purpose of the fund. The simple answer is, we pay them. How? We establish a fund in current time. How much will this cost me? It's only $10. Our fee is only $10, of which a percentage is placed into the fund to grow and earn interest. The rest is used to pay for overhead in running the website, covering legal fees, yeah. paying for your certificate. 50, 50 cents. Only $10? How is that going to get me a ride into the future? It's not. Compound interest, Catherine, is what my answer to that would be. I've got a better idea. You give me £25, right. dollars, I will pass it on to my grandchild... No. They will pass it on to theirs and theirs. Is your, the savings theirs. It's $10. Is your grandchild called compound interest? Let me yep. explain. Uh. That's the first name. For example, if you make a one-time only deposit of just a single dollar, okay, just a single dollar, um, in 500 years' time, that will be $39 billion. Two things. Times that by 10, $390 billion. Two things. Yes, mate. We would all be doing this if this was what was going on in the future because word would get out and that's what happens. <clears throat> the second thing, I don't want to be in the future if it's full of a load of old duffers like me. What do I get <laughs> from for my... the past. What do I get for we'll my... We'll ruin it. What do I get for my ten bucks? Answer. A percentage goes into the fund in your name. The interest this percentage earns is earmarked for you should we be successful. You also get a signed certificate. Uh, well, that's nice. Your name is maintained in a database along with your current address. Should you move... Under the word sucker. <laughs> Instructions uh, further you can put in your will to have the fund notified of the date, time and place. That's not the only thing you get. You also they're, they're working to establish a members only section of the website. For real suckers. Uh, my date and time my date and place of death, why would you need that? It's assumed you won't live for the five hundred or more years. That's an excellent point. <laughs> uh, you are to be retrieved at or just before your time of death. That's what it is, I remember. So you write so down... So you're going to be ancient mm. and probably ill by the time you go no. to the future. No, no, no. You put down your, when you die on the certificate, then they know and they come back and get oh, you right. just before you die. Like are there any restrictions? Yes, of course there are. I'd be crazy not to. And this is what proves it's genuine because they've thought of all the consequences. You will not be retrieved if you die by suicide. You will not be retrieved if you die by execution or are killed in the process of committing a crime. There are no guarantees. Now, they said there's no guarantee, which means it's definitely going to happen. Will they still be using money in the future? We don't know. What if they outlaw time travel? Good question. So they've covered all the questions. Yeah. I, I, I'm saying this, and I'm saying this of the voice of the BBC, timetravelfund.com. It's the best $10 you could <laughs> ever spend. The te- best $10 you could ever spend. Uh, Sally's in Watford. Good morning, Sally. Morning. What would you like to say? First of all, listen to the last bit. I always thought that inflation was outstripping uh, interest rates at the moment. Therefore, your well, fund won't be accruing anything. No, you, you, it's compound interest. It's, it's very complicated. Compound, inter- uh, compound interest relies on interest. And if the interest yep. is less than inflation, yep. your funds are being eaten into and you'll get less back than you actually put in. Well, well, well Sally, I'll tell you what. I haven't got time to think about that now. But no. in, the, in the year 2514, I'll certainly yeah. sit down uh, and watch my hologram TV and have a really good think about it then, OK? Let's hope I'm not with you. Yeah. Right. Oh. You, the, the chat that came on... Yes, Mohammed. Um, I don't understand. So he's saying he can't enforce 30 mile an hour around 20. town. 20. Oh, yeah, 30. Yes, go on. Yeah, so that's around town. He can't enforce 30. Yeah, somehow he's going to enforce 20. Why not just enforce 30? And the yellow lines around schools, all councils come up with these bright ideas, but then they don't enforce them. So the people who live locally then can't park outside their own homes on bank holidays 
and other times, all the other 13 weeks of the year when schools aren't there, why not just enforce them? Sally, I can't argue with your points. Mainly because I haven't got uh, much time and I'm still trying to work out the interest thing you were banging on about. Sally, thank you very much indeed. From beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A40 London bound, between the Target roundabout and the Greenford flyover, there was an earlier accident, but all lanes have now reopened. Still got queues on the approach all the way from the Denham roundabout, though. In Hemel Hempstead, the A414 queuing in both directions as you approach the M1 Junction 7 from the Leverstock Greenway. And also the A1M at southbound, very heavy between Junction 2 for Wellham Green and 1 for the M25. The M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. So, would you have your funeral filmed? At the start of the show, I wasn't sure. The more I think about it, the more I think it's a genius idea. If you don't get it done, well, you're a mug. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, drug referrals for over 300 youngsters, filming funerals in Hertfordshire and another red card as Watford lose at Charlton. BBC Three Counties Radio. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the last three years. Freedom of information requests made to councils across the UK have revealed the figures. Jamie Grierson carried out the research. But referral itself can mean that the child is vulnerable to drug and alcohol misuse in the future through exposure to a parent who's misusing or perhaps even a sibling or another relative. Or it could indeed mean that they themselves have started abusing substances. An independent undertaker's in Hertfordshire has become one of the first in the country to film funerals. Austin say the service is in good taste and helps families come to terms with their loss. Mark Vasey films the funerals. From a funeral, the eulogies are so fantastic, the care, the attention that's taken to um, uh, all, all the details of the funerals, and you really get a sense of that person. So remembering rather than forgetting is what it's about. An undercover investigation by the BBC Panorama programme has found evidence that elderly people at one of the largest care homes in the country were abused by staff. One worker has been dismissed and seven others have been suspended after secret filming at the Old Deanery Residential Home in Essex. The care home has apologised unreservedly. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, has said he will announce by lunchtime whether he will stand in the Newark by-election caused by the resignation of the former Conservative MP Patrick Mercer. Mr Mercer stepped down last night after it emerged he was to be suspended over a cash-for-questions scandal. A campaign's underway to introduce a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit in part of Bedford and help improve safety around three schools. Residents have been consulted about the proposals for Queen's Park. More from Ewan Duncan. The new speed limit would apply to Ford End Road, Hurst Grove, Honeyhill Road and streets near the local schools. Local Labour Bedford Borough councillors Mohammed Massoud and Mohammed Yassin are calling on residents to back the lowering of the
the speed limit for safety reasons. They say it follows the successful painting of yellow lines on street corners in the Queen's Park area to prevent unsociable parking. Three of the biggest actors from the original Star Wars trilogy are to return for the latest instalment, Episode 7, to be filmed in Buckinghamshire. The film, which will be shot at Pinewood Studios from next month, will feature Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, who played Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and Princess Leia. In sport, Watford lost 3-1 at Charlton in their final away match of the championship season. Albert Riera also became the latest Hornets player to be sent off. Here's goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain. Both were yellow cards and he was walking a tightrope second half. Um, so yeah, it's something that uh, we're not, not very proud of and uh, again, we've got to be more disciplined than that. And Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Ben Reeves has won the club's Player of the Season award. The weather, a dull and misty start, but skies will brighten this afternoon to give some warm sunshine. Also the risk of the odd sharp shower, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good local shopping, I would say. It's a real uh, treasure. It's all about where you live. There's nice people, there's nice shopping area. And all this week, we're featuring Houghton Regis. We both play bowls at the bowls club, which is nice social side. We're in Bedford Square, the heart of Houghton Regis. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's telling me to turn right. Morning! Suddenly it's eight o'clock, I thought it was seven. New photos uh, being added to Ian Lee Show on Instagram. Good, and me and Ben Sheepdog from Hello, Good Morning, This is Britain in the Morning. Classic. Me and buddies, buddies. Lots to talk about. Kids and drugs, funerals and cameras, and, oh, I don't know, whatever you fancy, really. It's, it's kind of one of those mornings. We've gone from pronouncing... We've learnt that you pronounce waistcoat westcut. We've learnt that you just by investing $10, you can guarantee you'll get taken to 500 years in the future. And we've learnt that Kelly Betts is going to make me a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> she owes me one. She accused me of a heinous crime yesterday. If you want to take part on the show, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. The best way, though, the best way is to give me a phone call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll get on to... Um, Talking about young people using drugs in a second. I, I, I need to catch up on some of these texts. I haven't done any of these texts for a while. Oh, uh, 81333, start your text. Three, you know, Catherine, we are the only BBC radio station uh, that says 81333. What should we be saying? 81333. Everywhere else says 81333. It'd be easier, wouldn't it? It would be easier. 81333. There's probably been a survey done or something that suggests we shouldn't be doing that. 81333. I tell you what, let's have a text vote. 81333 or 81333. We're not allowed to do text votes. Every time we say the word text vote, um, a little alarm goes off in my boss's head and um, she uh, faints. <laughs> she faints. Uh, let's do some of these texts. My brother died in 2000. I was distraught. Being Jewish, he was buried the next day. Wow, is that a, is that a thing with, with Jewish people? They get buried the next day? 
Gosh. It was an accident, so we didn't have time to get our head around it. I couldn't watch what happened and don't remember the service. The only thing I do remember is the amount of people that were there. I saved the order of service, but to this day I can't read it, but I know it's there. We talk about him now, which we couldn't at the start, so maybe it's a good idea for the future generation to remind them who he was because they hear us talk about how he was loved. But seeing all those people would kind of prove it. I don't think I could watch it, though, says Shell. Jay says, uh, Ian, I was at a funeral that Austin's filmed. Oh, this is The Undertakers we're talking about. The filming was very discreet and professional. I wasn't convinced. Although the filming was very discreet and professional, I wasn't convinced. But having watched it afterwards, I totally changed my mind. There were no images of people crying or grieving. The focus was purely on the beautiful singing, readings and eulogies. K&MK says, I think it's a good idea to film funerals. But I think uh, where the issues will arise... Thank you, mate is uh, who decides if it will be filmed unless the person who has died requests it before they die. And Kevin in Milton Keynes says, Do they really make a square egg maker? Where can I get one, please? What were we talking about square egg makers today? Well, we were talking about stupid things you've bought, and I said my square egg maker looks quite sensible compared to the time-travelling investment you've made. <laughs> well, let's just... OK, in 500 years' time, I will be puffing on... Um, uh, um, what were they having? Like... like uh, e... No, they have been banned. Uh, you I'll won't be, be puffing I'll, on anything. I'll, I'll be puffing on a holofag. <laughs> it's a holographic cigarette. Holofag. Uh, let me copyright that now so I'll be even richer in the future. And I'll be laughing. I remember, who's that woman I used to walk with? <laughs> I don't know why I'd be talking like that in the future. Who's that woman I used to walk with? Catherine Boy. I don't remember her no more. <laughs> why have you turned like that? I don't know. Anyway, yes, you can buy uh, square egg makers. They don't really make a square egg. Well, they do in the pictures. On, you can. Just go to um, Amazon and, and Google Or somewhere egg like that. But that's, that's probably the quickest. The trick is, yeah. it's a boiled egg. Yeah. And you kind of press it before it cools yeah. in this... Well, you've shown us pictures. You've not been able to do it properly. Well, maybe I, my technique was all wrong. Maybe I need some practice. But it's one of those things you do once and go, oh, right. What I'd like you to do is to bring in some square eggs for me to eat now. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> OK, let me have a word with myself in the future. Oh, hang on a minute. I didn't make that investment because oh. I have a brain. She's laughing now, but she won't be laughing when she's dead. Uh, and I will be laughing 500 years hence. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, more than 300 young people from across Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes have been referred to drug and alcohol services in the past three years, the youngest being just 12. Now, many of these are being helped to deal with a family member's drinking or drug misuse, but some already need help for their own substance abuse. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been speaking to young people in the three counties. 14. About 14, 15. And what are they taking? Cocaine, speed, everything really, weed. Anything they can take, they get. At 14 years old, how often are they using cocaine? Every day, every night, as much as they can, really. You're talking about people there with a serious drug problem, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, proper problem, yeah. So what can be done to stop this? What do you think needs to happen... Let's talk of education programmes in school. Is that going to stop 14-year-olds taking cocaine, as you say, on a daily basis? No, it's not. School's, non- school's nothing. They can't help children like that. They need, like, a centre place sort of things where they can go and do things instead of hanging on streets all the time. And they can do things what they actually like doing and stuff, so... Is the situation only going to get worse in Bedfordshire before it gets better? Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will get worse. There's no-one out there to help them, really. There's nothing for them to do, so... Just lastly, you say you know people. Have you had drug problems yourself? Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. What were you taking? I was taking cocaine. How old were you? I was 15. But I've grown up now. I've got my kids, so... How often were you taking it? Uh, nearly every day. How did you afford that? Do you know what? I don't actually know. 
just getting whatever I can to put towards it, really. So how much was that costing you every week? Um, I'd say about three, four hundred pounds a week. Three to four hundred pounds a week yeah. at 15? Yeah. yeah, it was a nightmare, yeah. And how did you stop? I had my kid. It's when I got pregnant and started having my children that I stopped. I realised that I've got youngers to look after. No, I can't be doing that sort of thing. You're one of the lucky ones. You managed to stop just yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's only because I had a newborn that I had to stop because it made me realise in life that there's other things you can do and look after. If you didn't have your child, who we can see over there playing right now, if your child wasn't here, where do you think you might be right now? On streets, coked out my face, drinking. Don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be here today, personally. Wow, um, I really appreciate your honesty. Thank you very much. Right, thank you. Oh dear. Well, listening to that is Joe O'Connor, who is from the charity Compass in Milton Keynes, which works with young people and adults to t- uh, tackle substance abuse. Morning, Joe. Morning. Joe, how many young people did you work with last year, and, and, and how young are we talking about? In total, last year for specialist intervention, we worked with 139 young people, the youngest of which was 12. And was this 12-year-old having their own drug problems, or was it that their family members were? These were 12-year-olds who were um, misusing substances themselves or beginning to experiment with substances. Gosh, how how many 12-year-olds were there? Four in total. And what kind of drugs are are 12-year-olds using? The the four that came our way were either using cannabis or one of the NPS, or new psychoactive substances, cannabinoids. Um, Now... Just to get things in perspective, 12-year-olds using substances isn't necessarily a new thing. Many of the 14, 15-year-olds who come our way will report that they did start using at 12. So the fact that they were referred to us at 12 could be seen as a positive thing because it means the work that we've done to raise awareness and to support the workforce in Milton Keynes to recognise early signs of substance misuse means that the young people have been referred at an earlier stage where the outcomes are a lot better for that young person because we've got in there quickly. If it's left to drift that, for example, the young lady we've just heard about um, talking about 14, 15-year-olds using cocaine, you know, by then there's a lot more work that needs to be put in and potentially that young person's life has been changed forever. There were kids at my school, Joe, who at 13, 14 were, having, uh, were smoking weed and things like that. But yeah, the, the, the cocaine at 14, 15, that, that really, I mean, not saying either of those are good, but cocaine at 14 or 15, does, that does surprise me. I think I mean, what we're, the world we're entering into now is that the substances young people are being introduced to are a lot stronger. Therefore, the kind of dependency or the problematic use can happen quicker and also with social networking um, and with a lot of the glamorous images that our young people and children are being bombarded with on their their smartphones on their social networking sites is making substances more accessible and more enticing as well so they are being marketed at young people which means that us and, and the workforce and families need to do more to kind of beat that marketing if you like and stay one step ahead uh, you said you had four 12 year olds who've been referred to you how does that referral work is it a family member is it the school what happens we will take referrals from any source our biggest referrer is schools so young people are feeling comfortable to talk to their school nurses or their teachers to access support but we take referrals over the phone and we take referrals from any source and once we've had that referral we will um, work with that young person on an outreach basis and joe is it dependent on the young person approaching either you or a teacher or a parent or is it a parent or a teacher recognizing that perhaps someone is displaying signs of drug abuse both okay both it can be both and sometimes we, we
we've got a lot of early intervention schemes in place with schools and with Thames Valley Police where young people who maybe are caught in possession for the first time or are at risk of exclusion are referred to us first before any punitive sanction is put in place. And how um, willing are 12 year olds to listen? I, I would kind of imagine that if a 12 year old is, you know, is rolling up their own joints, they're not going to want to listen to someone telling them how bad it is for them. Well, we have our ways. We're very creative. What we don't do is go in there and say, look, you shouldn't be using drugs. This is a terrible thing. We facilitate informed decision making and we use motivational um, interview styles to, to challenge that young person's ambivalence and to, to get them to see the benefits of a drug-free life so that they can choose that for themselves and then we work with them to to get to that drug-free life but like I said the earlier a young person and the younger a young person gets to us whether they're at risk or already dabbling um, we can we, we're much more successful with positive outcomes for them because by the time it gets to your cocaines and your methadrones and ketamines there's a lot more damage that's been done to that young person in that time. Joe, keep up the good work it sounds like you're doing a cracking job Joe O'Connor from the uh, charity Compass in Milton Keynes Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A40 London bound, there was an earlier accident between the Target roundabout and the Greenford flyover. Queues on the approach still starting at the Denham roundabout. In Chesant, there are queues on the A10 southbound between Turnford and the M25. Then on the A1M southbound, we've also got some queues heading for the M25 from Junction 2 for Wellham Green. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, ongoing strike action today. The Metropolitan Line has service running between Uxbridge and Aldgate and Harrow-on-the-Hill and Aldgate. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16, it's Wednesday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. In the last few minutes, the UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, has told the BBC he will not be standing in the Newark by-election. He said it would distract from the European election campaign. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to a specialist drug and alcohol treatment service over the last three years. And in sport, Watford lost 3-1 at Charlton in their final away match of the championship season. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's nice people, there's nice shopping area. We live down near the green and it is nice. Inviting everyone to where you live. On a whole, it's great. We both play bowls at the bowls club, which is nice, social side. Where I live it's nice, you've got good community spirit. It's becoming a bit more villagey and... Uh, better community spirit and all this week we're featuring Houghton Regis I think it's a lovely place I really do if you've got a story everyone should hear about let us tell them about it fantastic library service here actually one of the best the big tour of beds hearts and bucks Houghton Regis is a growing town and it's good for the future I couldn't really see myself living anywhere else BBC Three Counties Radio Jonathan Vernon-Smith is in the studio. Hey, what's with all this uh, northern talk? Hey, up. Well, hey, up. 
it, it's um, hanging out with our lass, uh, Caff. Oh, Caff, yeah, yeah she's she, very northern. She rubs off on me. It's like it's like hanging out with Rita Fairclough, oh, isn't it? Isn't it just yes. awful? But more like Pat Phoenix. Pat Phoenix. Oh yeah. Oh. She's always got a fag on. She's always. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's a, it's a shame, really. But the BBC, you know, we we like to be diverse. We have boxes to tick. We like accents. And and Catherine, not mine. No. Um, Catherine is the accent. She's the northerner. Right. So she is. Uh, she could be rubbish, and she c- can't be sacked. That's very true. Yes, that's official. The official policy. The official policy. Well done. What's on your show this morning? I believe the news has... has, has well, the news has just come through that Nigel Farage yeah. will not be standing as an MP. Um, the by-election has been brought about by the resignation from Parliament of former Conservative MP Patrick Mercer over a cash-for-question scandal. Well, Mr Farage has told the BBC that if he won a seat at Westminster, it would completely change the landscape for his party. But this morning, he said that he has no connection to Newark and it would look like he was being an opportunist. Oh, Farage, an opportunist? If he was to run for the election. (laughs) Now, of course, his critics are saying he's bottled it. (laughs) Is that what they said on the news? His critics are saying that he's bottled it and therefore, having always been a politician that people thought, oh, yes, well, here's a man who, you know, he stands up for what he believes in, he's prepared to take risks... Now, when it's actually, he's had the opportunity to do it, he's now bottled it. But I want to know from you at nine today, are you pleased or disappointed that Nigel Farage will not stand as an MP? He's hugely popular with some people. Yes, Uh, Lots of people, they think he's he's the kind of bloke that you could have a pipe with down the pub. Yeah, and then punch him because of his idiotic (laughs) views. (laughs) Well, from... From nine this morning, I want to hear from you. Are you pleased or disappointed that Nigel Farage will not stand as an MP? Perhaps you do like him. You think he's a he's a fantastic force mm. for good in politics, and you think it's a great shame that he's decided he's not going to stand to become a potential member of British Parliament. Of course, he's an MEP, yeah. but they don't have the same kind of power, do they? Mm. Or perhaps they do, if you believe Nigel Farage. From nine this morning, are you pleased or disappointed that Nigel Farage will not stand as an MP? Your calls, please, on 08459 455 555. Fair play, he's turned it around. About three, four years ago, he was a joke, wasn't he? He was a joke, and people were laughing at him. Mm. And uh, in the last three years, he's turned it around. Some people do still laugh at him. But he's turned it around and and garnered a lot of support and a lot of public opinion. At the moment, I don't think it will sustain, uh, at the moment is in his favour. He's kind... I don't, I don't think it'll sustain, because he's kind of like um, the new Nick Griffin, isn't he? I'm not saying his, his views are as... No, 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 I'm not saying his views are as racist as Nick Griffin's. I'm not saying his party is as racist as the BNP. But th- for a really brief moment, the BNP was seen as a, 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 an alternative to for right-wing politics, for an alternative to the Conservatives. Really? Yeah, I think they were for a little I don't while. I remember that. Well, Nick Griffin being on Question Time and uh, there was all that kind of stuff. Not as big as UKIP, by any mm. imagination. And then they've disappeared. I don't even know... You don't hear from Nick Griffin or the BNP anymore. And UKIP have kind of become the, the, the slightly more acceptable face of more right-wing politics, haven't they? It all happened when he fell out that plane. It was the plane, wasn't it? Yeah, That's what happened. Yeah. If, you, if you remember, the, the dreadful pictures of him kind of emerging. Staggering, wasn't he, from a plane? From yes. that plane, he was dripping in blood, and I think that was the moment when, when, when he kind of then recovered from that 
And people thought, oh, that's that no. poor chap who fell out of that plane. Yes. Oh, and they started then paying a little more attention to him. Maybe course, we should send away all the foreigners that come here because that bloke fell out of the plane. That's, uh, it must have been their fault. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Are you pleased or disappointed <laughs> that Nigel Farage will not stand as an MP? Well, you made me chuckle. Thank you. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, Catherine. Catherine Boyle, get on Twitter because I'm going to tweet something that's going to blow your little mind. It's going to blow your little mind. Chrissy has tweeted this. We talked about the square eggs. Yes. Let me hit retweet now. Oh, no. My Chrissy says, ridiculous. square egg maker, what about this <gasps> one? Describe to the listener what you're seeing. It's a fish, but it's an egg. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fish-shaped egg Maker. Ah. How awesome is that? And it's on www.larecetadelafelicidad.com. I didn't know it was a and naughty that, website. That means, no, that means the recipe of happiness. Oh. And it sure is. How can you not laugh at that? It's, and they've even managed to get the yolky bit on its mouth. It's an it. egg shaped into a fish, dear listener. It re- Follow me at Ian Lee on Twitter. It doesn't get any better than that. You going to get one? Of course I am. <laughs> and yet she won't buy a time travel bond. What on earth is wrong with that girl? Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what would you like to have a whinge about today? I was just thinking, you know, when we're saying uh, Nigel Farage opportunist, I mean, does that mean that other politicians are not opportunist? No, that's not true. Really and truly, Mr Farage is saying the things that people believe. He says closer to, to saying what people want than any other politicians. No, he's not. Pardon? No, he's not. Well, he is. The majority of people believe a lot of the same things that he's saying. Not the racial part, but certain other things in, in his policies that he's saying. Peter, you're wrong. Well, OK, you, you can say that, but no, no, well, you, you are wrong. the uh, can population I, can... says that. No, no, no. He is saying what you agree with. He's not saying what the majority of people agree with. He's not saying what everybody agrees oh, with. I'm not he's saying, a, you I did. didn't say that. Majority yeah. is not everybody. Is okay, it? but again, he's not saying what the majority agree with. He's saying what you agree. You could phone up and say Nigel Farage, Mr. Farage, is saying what I, Peter and Wilmer Green, agree with. But you can't say he's he's saying what the majority agree with. No, you see, you see, I think you're trying to twist the words. I am saying the majority of people who listen to what he says, not all that he says, but majority of what he says. Oh, hang on, now you're you're changing. Yeah, but it's still the majority of people believe the same things. And and where did you get your statistics from, Peter? I get my statistics from talking to people, ordinary Uh, people, uh, not, not... Not the chattering classes, the ordinary people. Because the thing, I don't know if you've noticed this, Peter, and you must have done because you've lived a fair old life, is, uh, and I mean that with respect, is that we often talk to people, don't we, who share similar beliefs as us. Well, yes, quite. So so it is is fair to say that the majority of people that you've talked to probably do agree with Uh, Nigel Farage. No, 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 hold on. I, I get on very well with people from all walks of life. Very I'm not saying well. you don't. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying that for one second. But the people we tend to talk to yeah. are the people that share the same philosophies 
as us. And there are exceptions. Of course there are exceptions. So it, it, it's likely that the people you've spoken to, your friends, do agree with Nigel Farage. But that doesn't that wouldn't stand up as a YouGov poll. That wouldn't be the Gallup chart. It wouldn't be the top ten. You, could, you can't say on the back of the people you've spoken to that the majority of people agree with Nigel Farage. I find, I find that totally and utterly ridiculous. I know. It's, I've it's, got a wide range of friends. Yeah, no, it's, 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 and it's, acquaintances. It's interesting how, um, uh, you know, the facts can be seen as ridiculous. But what I, Peter, and I I mean this with respect. What I'm saying is true. Your experience... How many people have you spoken to about Nigel Farage? Oh, I, I suppose... I suppose about 100, I suppose. OK, so you've spoken to 100 people. Yeah, but right. I'm just taking generally yeah. what people say. So 100, from 100 people, yeah. you've extrapolated... Well, how many people are in the UK? What, 65 million people? Yeah. You've extracted from your 100 people survey, 100 people were asked... Um, do you agree with Nigel Farage? And you've extrapolated that the majority of 65 million people agree with Nigel Farage from the 100 people you've spoken to. Well, if you're, if you're trying to tie it down to a few percentage No, points, I'm just trying to... I'm, just trying no, to, I'm backing trying up. To, I'm trying to question what you've said, well, Peter. Well, you're not questioning it, really, because I can't... When I talk about a majority, yes. I'm talking about a majority of people that you you interview, the, the papers interview, the, and the news items interview. The majority of people feel that lots of what he says is what they believe. So hang on a second. So originally you said you'd got those statistics from talking to 100 people. Yeah. And now you're saying you've got it from the newspapers. Well, which I get it from everywhere. Which news... I bet you do. You, which which newspapers do you read, Peter? I read the Mail. Aha! I've read the Telegraph. Can I've read, I... Oh, hold on, hold on. OK. I've read the Telegraph. OK. I've read all sorts. I talk to... You read all sorts, the Mail and the Telegraph. I talk may to I suggest, people. May I suggest, Peter, may yeah. I suggest... Boy, this is fun, isn't it, this morning? May I suggest that, yes, the Mail and the Telegraph probably do agree with a lot of what Nigel Farage says because that's their ki- that, that their political bent is towards the right, sometimes the extreme of the right. So, again, you, you can't say the majority of the country agree with Nigel Farage because of what you've read in the Mail. The Mail, the Telegraph, all newspapers are biased. Oh, but that's not isolated. And the Mail is not something that I've isolated. Well, uh, I tell you what, I will ask your listeners on there okay. to ring in and tell tell you whether they will believe lots of the things okay. that Nigel Farage said. And we can do that, Peter. Yeah. But again, in the 30 minutes we've got, we'll get three... We'll put that out there. 08459 455555. Do you agree with Nigel Farage? Again, in the 30 minutes we've got, we might get as many as five, six, seven calls... We can't extrapolate from... Let's be generous and say ten. We can't extrapolate from ten people that the majority of Britain agrees with Nigel Farage. So what you're saying is no public opinion poll, really... Is every public opinion well, poll is meaningless. No, it's not. And I'm glad you brought up public opinion <laughs> polls, Peter. That was my next point. No public opinion poll has shown that the majority of people agree with Nigel Farage. But you can't, you can't take it because it's, no, it's no. not the majority of people. No, Peter, <laughs> Peter, there was uh, um, uh, uh, several uh, polls recently. We have to go soon because I'm going to be late for the travel. There were several polls recently which um, expressed who would vote for UKIP in uh, the European elections. Now, that in itself doesn't necessarily mean they agree with Farage, okay? But the majority of people in that survey weren't going to vote for UKIP. 
It was split between the four parties. Yeah, they were going to get more votes than uh, the Lib Dems and uh, the Conservatives. They were going to get less than Labour. They would have had to have got 51% of that poll for the majority of people to uh, have wanted to vote UKIP. So you'll believe in that poll, but you won't because they have us vote million people. Peter, you brought up the subject of polls. No, but you said 65 million. Don't you? you believe one that don't. No, Peter, you brought up the polls. Peter, uh, Catherine, you want to pop in Just taking uh, three, four phone calls in quick succession from yep. people who say, yeah, I'm with Farage. Do you want to come on? No. OK. Peter, listen, it's good fun this morning. Thanks, mate. I'll speak to you again. All the best. Ta-ta. There you go. He's got the right idea. If you can, end, if you can have an argument and end it with that, then you're in the right place. That was fun. We'll put that in the podcast, I think. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you agree with Farage? I mean, it's a pointless survey because it, it, it proves nothing. It proves what? That people who agree with Farage are more likely to phone in. It proves people that disagree with him are more likely to phone in. It... Uh... We can do it. Let's get the travel first. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound at Junction 1 for Staples Corner, one lane is closed because a vehicle's broken down, causing queues on the approach at the moment. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The A40 London bound, queuing from the Denham roundabout to Gypsy Corner, not helped by an earlier accident that was in those queues. And then on public transport, we've got ongoing strike action today. The Metropolitan Line running between Uxbridge and Oldgate and Harrow-on-the-Hill and Oldgate. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, has told the BBC he will not be standing in the Newark by-election. He said it would distract from the European election campaign. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes, being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the last three years. And a care home worker has been sacked and seven others suspended after an undercover investigation by the BBC Panorama programme. It found mistreatment of elderly residents at one of the large care homes in the country. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford lost their final away match of the championship season last night. The Hornets were beaten 3-1 at Charlton and had Albert Riera sent off. Troy Deeney scored for Watford, but they've won just four times on their travels in the league this season. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain says it's not good enough. We certainly weren't, um, weren't great. And having got ourselves back into the game with a, a fantastic strike from Troy, um, and, and probably had a best spell after that. But uh, ultimately, you're going to be looked at with the goals that we conceded. And um, once again, we've conceded three away from home, which is not good enough. Real Madrid are through to the Champions League final. Cristiano Ronaldo scored twice in a stunning 4-0 win at Holders Bayern Munich as the Spanish side went through 5-0 on aggregate. Tonight, Jose Mourinho's Chelsea host Atletico Madrid following last week's goalless first leg in Spain. I don't think he's... It's a crucial point. It's a game. It's a knockout game. It's a game of, uh, of details. It's a game where maybe, we don't know, but maybe one goal is the difference. So it's a game where everybody needs to be at the top level. But uh, the players are more important than me. 
Chesham are through to the Southern League Premier Playoff Final after beating Starbridge 2-1 last night. Drew Roberts and Chris Dillon scored for the Buckinghamshire side in tonight's second semi-final. St Albans are away to Cambridge City. Milton Keynes Dons midfielder Ben Reeves won the club's Player of the Season award last night. He also won Players Player of the Year and Goal of the Season for his effort away to Stevenage. And at the World Snooker Championship in Sheffield, defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan resumes this morning. 6-2 up in his quarter-final against Sean Murphy. Barry Hawkins and Mark Selby are also closing in on a place in the semi-finals. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555 We've had a, a, a rush, a, a, a rash, a blush... I think all of those are acceptable, aren't they? We've had a blush of phone calls. We've had a load. From uh, people who are supporting Farage. Uh, let's go to them now. Line one. Don't want to discuss it. Line two. No, I don't want to have a conversation. Line three. No, that's just the way I feel. I'm out of lines. So they don't... Why don't they want to come on? They made their minds up. They don't want to discuss it. They don't w- see any point. And it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> It's kind of a pointless thing anyway, really, uh, because Peter's point was that the majority of people have um, support Nigel Farage. Uh, Then when we asked him to uh, expand on that, he'd spoken to 100 people. Okay, well, that doesn't mean the majority of the country. I'm saying 65 million people in this country. Is that right? It sounds about right. I've not done a count for ages. I should probably do one maybe every 10 years or something. Um, And then he said he'd read it in the mail. And then he says, what about the polls? Um, which which Nigel Farage? Um, it's uh, hang on. There's a joke thing yeah, in here. Yeah, there's a joke. Yeah. No, hang on. I've got a joke for you. Um, it's odd that Nigel Farage. It's odd that Nigel Farage um, is so popular in the polls because he hates them. No, that's not it. It's uh, it's 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 odd. I don't yeah, know what. Don't, I've got don't, it. don't finish. It. I've got it. I've got it, Justin. Yes, boss. I don't know why. Ni- I've got it. Here we go. You can, <laughs> and any any budding young comedians, you can have this one. I don't know why Nigel Farage hates the polls so much. He's always leading in them. <laughs> Kelly's actually doing a proper laugh. Justin's doing a proper laugh. Catherine, oh, I'm, I'm disappointed. Just thinking, um, we've got to be very careful on political balance, but I think that was okay because, in one hand, you were saying something a bit mean, and in another, you were saying very popular. That's okay, okay. That's, that's balanced. Uh, there that. are other political parties Labour, Conservatives, Greens, um, Independents. And the Jadis Party. <laughs> minute he's announcing Whoa. his candidacy. Whoa! Yes. Hang on. Farage is saying no to Newark, but yeah. Jay, Jay Diz, are you throwing your hat into the ring? Hey, listen, you vote for me, you vote for change, okay? <laughs> for what change? I'll work that out later on. <laughs> he's got the yeah. slogan first. For years ago, Ian, I wanted to be the, uh, what do they call it at school? A top boy, is it, in the sixth form? Head boy. Head boy. Head boy. Top, yeah. top, top boy. <laughs> I wanted to be the top boy, and I had a campaign that said, vote for me, vote for change. I said, you, if you vote for me, you will get a record player in the sixth form college room. <laughs> Never happened. They didn't vote for me. How many votes did you get? Um, probably two, uh, and they were from music fans and uh, fellow Luton Town supporters. But apart from that, no, I was uh, not the top boy. Wow. <laughs> Maybe if you got the title right, that mm. would have... Um... But top boy sounds better, it? Do- it? Top boy does Come sound on, good. Boy, that sounds a bit Mickey Mouse. Now, listen, boy. the reason we got you on, we're doing this story. We spoke to Mark mm. Vasey, who's... Uh, um, uh, well, he f- works in film production, and he's working with Austin's Undertakers to film funerals. I wasn't sure about this, Justin. Mm. I am sure now, and I think it's... A brilliant idea and i got to this conclusion by thinking back to my nan's funeral 22 years ago i don't remember it yep 
and uh, other grandparents who died before then, I was too young. Uh, And I don't remember the one I went to when I was 18. I would love, after having this conversation and remembering my nan, to go back and and, and watch the eulogies of of her funeral. So I think it is actually a cracking idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm surprised, actually, we haven't spoken about this before. Um, I've been in Hitchin this morning because um, Austin's that they arrange something like 1,200 funerals a year um, locally in Hertfordshire. One of those areas is Hitchin. Uh, I've been asking people this morning, the feedback on this hasn't been great, it's got to be said. I've been asking people, would they like to see their loved ones at funeral films? Here's what people had to say. Certainly not. No. It's just not the way I was being brought up, and so therefore a pri- funeral is a private thing for private grief, not to be gawped at by people at a later stage. Would you not think, though, long term, that might give you some comfort if you're watching that video in, in two or three years' time, maybe? No, I don't think so. It's not the same as a wedding or a christening. It's something quite different. No. No, I wouldn't. Tell me why. It, wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be right to be heartbreaking enough without having to do that, without having to look back on it. I just couldn't put, I couldn't put myself through doing that again. So I've had loved ones pass away and I just couldn't do it again. Just wouldn't do it at all. If they've lived a happy life and they, you know, it's different, but if it's a child or something, then no. So you're saying for somebody who's had a, a good life, yeah. uh, it's a celebration, yeah, yeah. Um, then yes, film yeah, it. Yeah. Um, if it's a young child, it's, it's a bit too insensitive. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it'd be horrid, actually, because, uh, because you would never be able to let go and move on because it would be constantly in your face. I mean, some people take photographs. Somebody took a photograph of my mother's funeral and my brother just threw them straight away. But I, um, but if you do look at, I have got photographs and it is a bit uh, morbid and it's and it's photographs you wouldn't sort of put in your album. And a final word here with somebody who's got uh, experience actually working in the funeral industry. Um, personally, would you want your funeral filmed or would you want a loved one's funeral filmed? No, I wouldn't, not at all. I think it's a personal choice. Uh, me personally, no, but I have seen it. There are people that do. You know, and I've, I've seen that, you know, people that like photographs, you know, they like to film it actually while it's going on. Because Ian mentioned this earlier on, he, he got a call saying that a number of families from the West Indies, will, will they do this anyway? Obviously, it's not a service that the funeral company offer, but, but they film it themselves, don't they? They film it themselves from start to finish, you know, and get involved in it a lot more. And there's more of a celebration, you know, where sometimes they might even have music. Live music? Live music. A band, I've actually seen one at St Mary's Church where they've had live music, you know, and a band actually in there playing. But as I say, individual choice, but on the actual videoing of a, of a funeral, for me, no. We uh, had a text from just, someone just who uh, has been to a, a funeral that was filmed by Austins, and they said it was done very respectfully, mm-hmm. and you didn't really notice that the camera crew were there. And I think that's that's the thing. If, if, if as long as they're kind of out of the way and not getting in the way, and they're not filming, I don't think uh, they're not filming. You know, people sobbing. They're filming the. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Well, the, 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 yeah, service, yeah, the, the memorable yeah. kind of parts of it, the, the eulogies and the music and and those kind of things. It's a very interesting story. This, I mean, obviously be, being the first. I mean, I, I would personally be surprised if this service wasn't successful. A lot of people they're saying no, definitely not for me. But then again, let's not forget yesterday when we heard about this for the first time, we thought, oh, yeah. this isn't right. Now we know a few more facts about it. Um, you and I both agree this is a great thing. And of course, on that day. It's 
itself, it's a very, very special day. And because you are grieving, you probably won't remember a lot of it. Mm. As you look back in, in time, it's something to look back on because you are remembering somebody very special in your life. Justin, thank you very much. Uh, you do a music show on Saturdays between 9 and 12. Do you know who your guest is going to be um, yet? Or I is think, it a bit early? I think my guest is actually one of your callers uh, this week. Uh, do you know Glenn in Northampton? Who yes. phones in every now and again? Oh, yeah, yeah. He phoned up and said, Hey, J-Dog, can I come on your programme? What? I said, well, OK, if you want to. So it's uh, going to be Glenn, who's uh, travelling down to pick his favourite soul songs. Well, hang on a second. Was, what, was he in The Real Thing or something? No, no. no was it, was, no, was he um, in, in one of the incarnations of The Four Tops? <laughs> Who is he? I think he wants to be in The Real Thing. No, uh, this weekend we've just got three hours of great songs, great memories. And uh, Glenn. by the people of uh, Beds, Hearts and Bucks and beyond. I look forward to listening to that, Justin. Thank you. Nigel's, on a- uh, Nigel's in Aylesbury. Good morning, Nigel. Good morning, hello, Justin. Uh, sorry, Justin. Hey, sorry, whoa, whoa. I know, I know. Oh, I'm going. Bye. No, um, go on. I'll give you another uh, chance. A yellow card, Nigel. Much, thank you very much. Um, yeah, yes, I'm Jeffrey. just phoning up to say, um, thank you. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Uh, I'm just phoning up about two, three years ago. I got um, phoned up by a company or a um, funeral company yeah. and asked the same. Can you film a, um, a funeral for us, please? Oh, really? Yes. Well, yes, so some, two years. Someone had requested it, had they? They had, they had, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a West Indian funeral. Um, it happened over at High Wycombe, and um, the, it's it's easier to send a DVD over to the uh, West Indies yeah. than it is to um, fly out all the family over. And that was that I've done. And then I uh, and then I filmed another funeral a few months ago um, for another for Italian com- uh, Italian based family who again wanted to send it over to there I don't think it's wrong as a, as a videographer I don't think it's wrong because you're actually celebrating that person's mm. life did you think it was odd though Nigel when you pick up the phone they go hello it's uh, Smith's Undertakers here could you film a funeral for us did, did, was your first reaction oh this is a bit weird um, it wasn't because uh, it, it was. I, there was some, I knew there was something wrong. It's actually. It was actually one of the members of the family for the first one right. that phoned me up and said, um, "I noticed that you do um, and stuff and stuff." And they were really sort of um, beating around the bush and sort of trying. They, and I said, "God, tell me what, what what's the issue?" And they said, "Well, we'd like to film a funeral." And I went, "Well, okay, that's fine." Here's the question. We spoke to Mark Vasey earlier on. Here's the question yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask him, but didn't, and I should have done because he was a really nice bloke. Yeah. What's the going rate for filming a funeral? Um, it's not normally the same. Normally, I, I, I would charge two hundred to three hundred pounds. That sounds like a bargain, Nigel. Thank you very much indeed. Joyce is in Leegrave. Morning, Joyce. Good morning. What have you got for us? Well. My, when my poor, lovely mum went, uh, my grandson, 22 or something like that, years of age, uh, we were all devastated, obviously, like you are, because yeah. she was one of the people always, we called her Cheeky Chops, she was lovely. Cheeky Chops. <laughs> Cheeky Chops. Cheeky Chops. And uh, with that, um, what Gregory did was, he got some of my photographs from my album, some from his, from, from all the family, put it that way, cut yeah. the story short the nicest ones, the funny ones, the sentimental ones, you know, and all that. And the day before, when we were going to the venue for the wake, um, the day before, he was working hard with an electrician to help him, a friend, and uh, he put all this on a screen. And when we had the, uh, call it the buffet, the food, and reception, you know, whatever, when everybody comes back and they're all chatty but they're sad... Yeah. They were looking... That's a great way of describing it. They're all chatty, but they're sad. Yes. What a wonderful description. It's That's perfect. right. Yes. And we were looking at this, and as it was rolling over, it was rolling from picture to picture on a big screen on the wall. Mm. And we were going, oh, look, 
goes, do you remember this? Do you mm. remember that? And it was lovely, happy memories. Uh, we'd rather mum like that. I wouldn't want her back to suffer. And uh, consequently, uh, yeah, we all love our mum, don't we? Well, of course we do. Joyce, would you have liked to have had Cheeky Chops' funeral film so no. you could look back on it? You wouldn't? No, Why not? I wouldn't. I don't know. I think it would be too macabre. And uh, when we've got that, people are sad. And mm. No, no, I, no, I'd rather something like we had. Joyce, thank you for sharing your story about Cheeky Chops this morning. <laughs> so what, a lo- what a lovely name. And what a great description. After the funeral, when you're kind of walking from the, the church or the crematorium to, to where the wake is, everyone's a bit chatty, but they're feeling sad. Perfect description, isn't it? Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, a junction one for Staples Corner. Uh, one lane closed after a vehicle's broken down with queues on the approach. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Ongoing delays on the A1M southbound as well. Really slow between junction three for St Albans and junction one for the M25. In Chesham, the A10 southbound queuing between Turnford and the M25. Then on public transport, strike action ongoing, affecting the Metropolitan Line, which has services running between Uxbridge and Harrow on the Hill and Aldgate. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 8.46, it's Wednesday, the 30th of April. There are only 30 days in April. How do I know that? I've got a, I've got a great technique for knowing how many days there are in the month. I'll tell you off, I'll tell you in a second. The, uh, these are your headlines, anyway. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, has told the BBC he will not be standing in the Newark by-election. He said it would distract from the European election campaign. Children as young as 12 are among over 300 youngsters from Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes being referred to specialist drug and alcohol treatment services over the last three years. And in sport, Watford lost 3-1 at Charlton in their final away match of the championship season. Coming up, I'll tell you how to remember how many days there are in each month. But before that, here's the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, we've had a bit of mist and fog this morning. The Met Office weather warning is invalid, is is valid rather, for the next 11 or so minutes till 9 o'clock this morning. But then uh, it should have all started to lift and into low cloud. And we're already starting to see blue sky and sunshine for many of us. If you haven't got it yet, you will see it a little bit later. It looks like it's going to be a rather lovely day. Lengthy sunny spells and feeling warm, eventually getting up to uh, maybe 17, possibly even 18 Celsius if the sun stays with us for long enough. Overnight tonight, make it one or two light showers this evening but other than that it's a pleasant end to the day with some sunshine mist and fog again overnight but by dawn we'll start to see some cloud pushing in from the south and west bringing some showery outbreaks of rain minimum temperature down to seven celsius a rather gray miserable day tomorrow outbreaks of rain feeling chilly in the easterly wind as well just a maximum of 15 celsius for friday it changes slightly by the afternoon we'll see the sunshine but it will feel cold potentially a frost friday into saturday especially in the more rural spots but as we head into the back holiday weekend it's looking fine dry if a little chillier than the last few days and that's your forecast Next Monday is Milton Keynes Marathon Day on BBC Three Counties Radio. As a station, we are going to be going there fully loaded and prepared to go as a team for success. And with less than a week to go, let's see how our main runner is getting on. I'm Jeff Doyle and I'm the sports editor at BBC Three Counties Radio. I run once, twice a week, about 10k for about 
50 minutes. The Milton Keynes Marathon. My tri suit is an all-in-one, which comes to about the knee. Very, very tight. Countdown to the Milton Keynes Marathon. The last time I, I did something like this, I had a curry. I was out with friends, and it was a curry and beer night, and it wasn't pleasant after the race. Countdown to the Milton Keynes Marathon with BBC Three Counties Radio. Does Jeff work in our office? Yeah. I've not seen him, have I? Uh, he's probably out for a curry. <laughs> or a run. He's <laughs> doing one of those two things. Uh, Ian, I'm part Jamaican. They've been filming funerals for years, even packaging and selling after. Having grown up in the UK, I found this weird, but others like it, says Steph. Uh, Caroline says, a couple of years ago when my cousin died, his daughter... Sorry? His daughter was in hospital and couldn't attend the funeral. She asked someone to film it for her. I filmed it. Uh, she would have missed it otherwise. Uh, and, um... So, this is how you remember... You know how, do you know how to do this? The 30 days have September. No, 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 no. Good, because that rhyme goes to part at the end, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. No, this works. This works. OK. Um... Uh, he's putting his fingers up. He's putting nine fingers up to his face. Is that that's how you do oh, it? Oh, four. I've got my I've got my two hands facing me. Yes. yes. My little fingers are touching each other yes. like this. You can and the put thumbs a are retracted. You don't need the thumbs. Don't think. We'll find out. We don't need the first thumb. You start with Peter Pointer on the left hand. Okay. And you go thus. January. January has thirty-one days. You're pointing to your finger. February. I've gone to the crack. Pointing to the crack between the two fingers. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. If you're touching the... That's all you need. If you're touching the top of a finger, it's got 31 days. If you're touching a crack, it's got less than 31 days. Oh. The odds are it's 30. You know that February's got 28. Boom, shakalak. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? Hang Give on. me... Wait, start again. So... The thing is, I have to then remember... I have to then think, how many days does January have? Oh, 31. OK. So January, top of your finger, you're touching. 31 days. Yeah, then you move... In between your two fingers, February. Yeah, say February. 28. Yeah. March. Top of the finger, 31. April. 30. May. 31, top of the finger. June, back to the crack. June and you're in the crack, it's uh, 30. July. 31, you're on the top of the little finger. Then over to the big finger. No, over August. to the little finger oh, again. Little finger. You're on the top of that big finger, August, August 31. Into the crack. Oh, uh, oh, September, September, 30. Back up to the finger. October, th- uh, September, uh, 30, 31. What's that? What, what no, month November's, in, November's November. in a crack. Yes, 30. Yep. December, December, top of the finger, that finger, top of the bird, 31 days. <laughs> wow. Isn't that good? We are educational. Isn't that good? Isn't that good, Alan? Yeah, but you can do the same with uh, knuckles if you put your knuckles. Oh, well, you, you, of course you could do the same with you could do the same with knuckles. It's more fun with it's less threatening to do it with fingers. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, there you go. What have you got for me, boss? Uh, I'm just going to say, I I was one of the ones that phoned up earlier but didn't want to come on about the uh, UKIP party. Peter, for those who missed it, Peter wanted people to phone up to say uh, whether they yeah. agree with UKIP or not. Uh, loads of people phoned up and said, yes, we do, but they wouldn't come on. Why were you reluctant to come traffic. on? I was in traffic, so I couldn't come Oh, OK, on. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You've come right. back on and... Uh, yeah. you, OK. I, I agree with him. Uh, obviously, nobody knows nobody's going to know until the morning after the elections. Yeah. But talking with friends, talking with people, listening to people, there are an awful, awful lot that are fed up to the back teeth yeah. with the main parties, fed up with being in the common market, yeah. which was started originally for trade, and now they yeah. dictate every law. So you agree, you agree, Peter says, you agree with Farage? 
I agree with Farage. Okay. I agree. I and agree I'm not... With, um, and Alan, I'm not saying... And, and Ella's texting me, and Ian, you seem to be underestimating the amount of people that do agree with what he says. There are many. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. There are loads of people that agree with Farage. What I'm disagreeing with was Peter's bold statement that the majority of people agree with Farage. He, a, I don't believe that's true, and B, he didn't have the evidence to back that up. Well, may, maybe not, but only time will tell. I mean, in my time, I have voted for both Labour and Tory. I've never oh, you, voted for them. You tart. They're a waste All of they've got to do is show you a flash of leg and you'll, you'll be putting a tick in their box. Ooh. No, not at all. I think they're going to struggle hard to come last in the next election. But uh, I, I wouldn't believe Labour or Tory again after all the promises that they've given us and welcome okay. on them. OK, well, listen, Alan, thank you very much. We're kind of, you know, there are elections going on, so we're moving into slightly dubious territory, but thank you. Uh, but, but the point that Peter made was the majority of people agree with Farage. That's not true. And he didn't have the evidence to back that up. Oh, I'm not underestimating the amount of people that do agree with him. There are many. I know there are many. I know there are many. Um, but I just... It's not the majority, and no-one has given me the evidence to prove that the majority of people in this country do agree with him. Uh, on the subject, and it's interesting, isn't it? He didn't go for that by-election as well. JBS will be talking about that, but I just think that's interesting. Uh, funerals. Christine's in Stockfold. Morning, Christine. Good morning. Christine, what would you like to say? Oh, can I just say, by the way, Karen, if you called in to talk about dates, Kelly Betts muffed up and she's written down your number wrong, so could you call back in again? Christine, what would you like to say about funerals? Oh, it's only just, uh, she was talking about, um, you know, photographing funerals. Yes. Um, uh, my, my daughter actually did that for uh, her granddad's funeral because oh. my other daughter lives in Australia and obviously she couldn't attend. So it was nice for her to, her to be able to watch it because we had a, a civic funeral, not like the traditional one, and we had some of his favourite songs and lots of eulogies. And although it was sad, it was sort of happy in a sort of way. So it was nice for her to be able to see it. The best funerals, I think, are, are the ones where everyone has a good old sob and then while you're sobbing someone says something funny about the person who's passed away and you find yourself in that weird position of laughing whilst crying at the same time yes that happened at uh, i've been to funerals like that and yeah. this actually happened at um her granddad's funeral uh quite a few giggles actually good that's that's the way it should be and i, th- and I do think it should be sad i think you should cry if the, particularly if that person was close to you or touched your life in a special way but you should also have a laugh at the same time and i'm glad that funeral went that way christine thank you it's a weird thing as a human being when you're sobbing, you know, you've got snotty sobbing, and then someone says something, and you just start laughing at the same time. That's the perfect funeral, I think. Hey, Karen, you call back in. Morning, Karen. Hi, morning. I can only apologise for the inag- inadequacy of me saying the word inadequacy and of Kelly Betts taking down your phone number incorrectly. Uh, it's OK. She's lovely. Well, <laughs> Kelly, do you hear that? Thank you, Karen. Wipe it from your memory banks. What have you called in about, Karen? Okay, so you know your method of knowing how many days are in the month? Top fingers and cracks, yes. Got a slightly more refined way of doing it? Oh, what are you saying? All right, go on, what is it? So, if you put your hands both in fists... Yep. ..and have them so your fingers are kind of facing away from you, so all you can see is the top of your hand... Yep. ..and the little bump where your knuckles are. Yeah, knuckles. And it works the same way. So January's high and then February's in the gap. Yep. March is high... April's in the gap, yeah. and then it goes across. Karen, it's, it really... I mean, we had we had a thug suggesting that. It really is an aggressive way of um, surviving without a calendar, isn't it? No, it's not. You don't have to worry about the 
worry about linking your fingers together, none of that. But I do like that someone else has got a similar method. I don't know anyone else that needs. No, I, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to let you go because the line is awful. But I, I, you, the, the call was not. And I didn't know other people knew that. But just you're holding your knuckles together. It really looks like... It looks it looks unpleasant, doesn't it, Kath? Where is... The fingers? Holding your fingers up? That's beautiful. Yeah. You're, you're genuinely impressed by that, I aren't am. You? I'm definitely going to show my kids this one. It's a good one, that, isn't it? it? And I don't remember... I learned that. I learned that... I was like seven or eight when I learned that. I've got no idea where that came from. But it's a corker. It's a, I still have to. If I want to know how many days are in November, though, I still have to start at the beginning. Really? I'm a big, you know, I rely on the, the rhyme a lot, although I've always found the ending disappointing. But it, it doesn't what work. What is the ending? Except February, which is 28 and 29 each leap year. That's Does it right. rhyme? Right. Does it scan? I can do this without my fingers, right? But I do it with my head. So I go... And I, <laughs> just, so I move my head. So I go up for January, yes. down for February, <laughs> up for March, down. So I do it like that. I can do, see, have you ever seen me doing that? I'm trying to work out how, how many days around. How do you remember the double little finger? Uh, I'm, I'm visualising the fingers in my head. January, February, March, yeah, April, point. May, June, I'll July, August. Oh, I got it wrong. Oh, dear. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Oh, wait for... Oh, that, what point needs to be raised? Colin says... A complaint. Um, for that m- month thing. Yeah. What if you're holding something? <laughs> well, you've got to be prepared. You're not committing to the calendar. You've got to put everything down. He prefers the... The rhyme. 30 days of... But it doesn't really rhyme, though, does the it? The rhyme doesn't work. 30 days hath September, April, August, June, June, and November. All the rest have 31, One except September. February, and that's when it all goes wrong. It's just ridiculous. It's not a rhyme. It's a Coldplay lyric. Uh, that's it. That's your lot. Let's give her plenty of time this morning, because I've been cutting her short every day. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A40 London bound still very busy at stop-start between the Denham roundabout all the way into Gypsy Corner. And then the A5 in both directions on the speed sensors, heavy as you go through Dunstable. The A1M southbound, very slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Then on the M25, anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. On public transport, Stansted Express have delays of up to 10 minutes possible after a signalling problem at Broxbourne. And also we've got ongoing strike action affecting the Metropolitan Line. Service is running between Uxbridge and Harrow-on-the-Hill and Aldgate. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Well, here's a tweet I never thought I'd see. Jasmine says, I've learnt something today because of the Ian Lee show. Wowzers! Lots of great phone calls this morning. I appreciate it. JVS is up next until tomorrow at six from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, are you pleased or disappointed that Nigel Farage will not stand as an MP? 